Episode 500. 500. 500. Why are you so I'm happy? Say, I'm having a good God. day. I am having a very yeah. good day. I'm having a lovely day at school because I've been sitting in an office all day doing, doing work. Teaching <laughs> is such a passion for you. I do love teaching, but it's nice to get things done sometimes. And I was, I was looking forward to coming home because it's a very, very special evening today. We're celebrating the 500th episode of Conversation Street. That's crazy mad. I can't believe it. Well, I can. I can. I've heard every second. <laughs> I didn't I didn't what? think it would get to be this big, but I never really thought when we started um that we'd stop. <laughs> no, no, I did I I didn't really have an ending number in mind really. Oh, okay. So we're not announcing... that I'm saying that this is an end so or anything. Everybody... <laughs> but it is completely crazy. I mean especially because like, you know, when we started the pod po- podcasting, the podcast that we listened to were also not as old as this, are they? Because yeah, when did podcasts start? Like, oh, it's 1983. Shut up. That's when I started. Oh. Podcast, uh, you know, podcasts had only been going for a few years when we started. So, yeah. like, they were, some well, of the ones I, I listen think... to, it's like, oh, wow, they're on episode 200 at the moment. And here we are, nine and a half years later, it's recording our 500th episode. It has. We could have yeah. got there quicker as well if we counted all our bonus episodes as extra numbers as have. But I didn't want to cheat. This is episode 500 of, which has got a street tour. I know there's been some other ones. But anyway, this is what we're calling episode 500, everybody. I hope you're going to have a lovely time listening to this today. Um, we've, got, we've got lots to talk about. We've got, we've got curries to talk about. We've got a little bit of news. Tons tons of feedback. And I literally, I, am a, I put a tweet out earlier saying that we're a bit overwhelmed by all the, uh, all the messages and everything we've had this week. I feel a bit ashamed and embarrassed because last week on the podcast I was saying, oh, everybody, send us messages to say how amazing conversations changes. But people actually did it. You, yeah, but you, I wasn't, you are always fishing for compliments. You I are. didn't just need my ego stroking or anything. Oh. It's just going to, I just wanted, you know, a few messages. I didn't want there to be like no feedback for this landmark <laughs> episode. So we've got bloody tons. I know, I'm so I don't know happy. how we're going to get... We might we might have to say some of it to let's week. I don't know. We, we've had some tweets, we've had some emails, we've had some lovely voice messages, uh, we've had Facebook messages. It's, been it's like it's our actual really, birthday. Really, really nice. It has, it, it has. Um, 500 is pretty actually significant, isn't it? It is. I just be, I've just been going with the flow because it's like, yep, yep, 500, yep, that's the one after 499, of course, obviously. <laughs> And now it's here, it's like, oh it yeah, it feels that is very an important. important. And yeah, and, and getting that feedback, it, it is lovely because doing, building this community over the past nine and a half years has been very lovely. That's been, it's been great, hasn't it? Because See, I, I guess some people would think that when you do a podcast, it feels a bit lonely and you're just talking to yourself. But actually, I always feel like I'm talking to people and um, yeah. like they're, like I'm talking to my friends, even though I've not met. <laughs> most of you it's still just feel I know that, some, that will I know that people day, when they listen to podcasts think oh it's like I'm having a conversation with my friends but I can't get a word in edgeways <laughs> it does kind of feel that way this end too yes I, I, I can you not get a word in edgeways with me sometimes well I have to sometimes tap you on the knee I do I? sometimes get a reply it's already happened already this episode and we're only three minutes in so who knows whether how many more times that's going to happen today no it's been lovely I mean I um no, I'm not a sociable person at all. I'm, I can't you say. Are. You I'm just, not. Yeah, I just don't think you've met that many people that you like. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need to have a conversation like street a convention at some point. Because I can't say that I'm literally dripping with friends in real life, but it's been really, really nice to uh, to to make all these actual proper, true 
friends with all the listeners and, and everything over the years. So I, I yeah. am very, very grateful and thankful for everything that um that we've achieved and 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 and, and that everybody has you know fed back to us. They don't have to listen every week. Nope. It's fairly long Lots podcast. Of, you know I don't what? know if you'd noticed. The majority us. of people don't. What? Listen like every... billions of people don't listen at all. I know. I do always <laughs> wonder, like, how many people listened once and then were like, nope. Well, uh, or how many people listened for a little bit and was like, this stuff is rubbish. This. We know a few people who've done that. We, we, do know few, we do know a few people. <laughs> but, you know, maybe, maybe they'll be listening to It's not today, about them. Listen. It's about everybody else. And it's about 500 episodes. Um, and it's also really nice that it's come in a festive time of the year. Yeah, because and I'm feeling happy anyway. coinciding with the 61st anniversary of Coronation Street. So congratulations to Coronation Street for making it 61 years. And congratulations to us for making 500 episodes of this absolute nonsense. Yes, and we will be talking about Coronation Street's 10,500th episode today, which yes. just so happened to coincide with this week. Monday's episode like, was that. You know sometimes when you're on, you're looking at the news and they're like, oh, there's going to be a celestial event today that will only happen once every thousand years. <laughs> Feels like this is like... The planets have aligned this week, haven't it, they? They have a little bit, yeah. They really have. And also, I, I have to say, I've quite enjoyed Coronation Street this week as well. So I think what, when we get unique... onto the street... Talk. I'm not just going to be moaning. And I know people like to moan sometimes, but I've been very happy watching some of this is Coronation Street. Mimi. Um. <laughs> I know she's polarising. And I totally get how people just want her out of the show, but I flipping love Mimi. Beryl, whatever we call her, I don't know. Um, what should we do next? Should we do... Um, I would like to... I'd like to talk about... What Rebecca, one of the things that Rebecca has sent us this week, and we do this about this time every year, but she's wow. our, our diligent listener, Rebecca, who's been listening ever since episode 90 of the podcast, has um, been compiling a list of all our characters of the weeks. And about this time every year, she sends us an annual update. So I thought, well, why not? While we're in a, in a bit of a celebratory mood, let's see over the last 500 episodes, not that we did this from the beginning, who have been our top 10 or so Coronation Street characters. So um, if you'll indulge us, everybody. Um, there isn't actually a number 10 because nine, we've got um, we've got a bunch What's of this? people. What, mm. we do, what is this? <laughs> this is the this is our characters of the week. Oh. Maybe I didn't say that. Did I say character profiles? I don't know, I was, I was drinking cider. Gemma is having a I'm celebratory having a cider. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we would be having uh, some R-Rail, but we still haven't found anywhere that, sold, that sells it, it down it here. I mean, we yeah, know no. where... The co-op is. Yes, our co-op doesn't... Well, it didn't last time we said it. Anyway, so there isn't a number 10 of our characters of the week because we've got um, a couple of characters that are in ninth position. So Liz, Tracy and Todd are all in joint ninth position with 14 characters of the week each. Not bad. Well done, guys. Then we've got number eight, Leanne Battersby. He's got 15. That's not nuts, isn't it? That is nuts, considering that for a good proportion of the early years of our podcast, she was I our team. hated tin. her, yeah. <laughs> we slacked off Leanne so much in the early years. We love her now. But this um, is just what? goes to show you that a character can turn around. Yes, exactly. But I will never forgive Tim. Anyway. <laughs> number number seven, um, we've got the 20 characters of the week. We've got Evelyn Plummer. That's pretty good. Wow. She's a new character. A Every... newbie. Yes, absolutely. There you go. That's why she earned that... Uh, Newcomer of the year. She, she's she's won lots of awards. She hasn't she? Um, then we've got number six, Yasmin Metcalf. Yasmin, but um, twenty four characters. <laughs> yeah, I love good. her so much. And tonight we're having Nahari in honour of Speed Dial. Are we? Yes, we are. In memory of Speed Dial, oh, should yeah. it be? Rip. Alas. Um, number five character of the week, we have David Platt. 24. Course, so he's only just beating out Yasmin there. Love a bit of David. Been a bit quiet this I year, think Dave. Come it's on, it's possible on that Yasmin's going to take over David if he's not careful because yeah. he's been very, like you say, a bit yeah, are, shy. You, are you going to vote Yasmin as your character of the week this week? 
I don't know. So I'm going to go at Stu. Number two. <laughs> is it me or you? Um, no, yes, maybe. Yes, you do number two. Because you, you want to do number one. We can both do number joint, one together. Joint two. It, this is, this is tense. There's three. There's Pat Phelan, Sally Metcalf and Abby Franklin all have 26 character of the week. This is really each. close, isn't it? With Yasmin, David, Pat, Sally and Abby, there's barely anything between oh, them. I love yeah, all of those characters. I don't think Pat's going to get character of the week again. So at some point, Sally and Abby are going to nudge into second place there and, and, and claim it as their own. But again, Abby, that's brilliant considering how new a character she is. Um, but of course, our number one character of the week, Gemma, we should announce it together. Our number no, because we tried. No, because we it took us three goes to do the intro. Okay, this, it we did. both said hello at you the same know, time. You know, you know who our character of the week <laughs> is. Our number one with forty-eight. <laughs> a <laughs> couple always, more votes. We need, we need a full year, don't we? We need her to get to fifty-two. So yes, she's got we a full do. year of being character of the week. <laughs> Jenny Connor. Yay, of Jenny. Jenny Connor. Jenny. Well, she she said some of that's been Jenny Connor. Some of that's been Jenny Bradley. Well, would it's you, our would, Jen. I guess. She can't revert to to Bradley now because it'd be a bit disrespectful. Yeah, I think I think she's going to stay. After she nabbed all the cash. <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen? Thanks now? for the money. I'm changing my name. Um. Anyway, thank you very very much, Rebecca, Yay, for sending you, that Rebecca. to us. And, and, and awesome. she's actually sent us the whole list, so we know things like you know, in seventy first position, we've got people like Foreman of the Jewelry, well, num- Amy Barlow. Yeah, so a... that's the fight. That's the lowest, isn't it? And no, no, ninety then... ninth is our lowest. So with Where's one, that? oh yeah, with one entry, we've got characters such as Silla Battersby. Um, Nicky Whelan and Pedo of course Van Pedo Van Man yeah, Shetland he's in Pony <laughs> Mimi and Coco the dog even though actually Eric. Rebecca it's who's, Derek who's Eric Eric you called Eric. Coco last week how can I keep track of these fictional dogs um yeah, anyway. So Luke Britton, he'll never get another one. He won't. Thank you, Rebecca. Now, also, she, she compiled our scores for the year, which she, she tallies up how Actually, many... Actually, Pedo what? Van Man's got two, because it's two different Pedo Van Mans, I think. No, there's Beardo Van Man and Pedo, <laughs> Pedo Van Man. They both got it. Um, right. Yes, the yeah. scores of the week Rebecca's also compiled. So last, oh. last year, just so you know, FW... No, FYI... <laughs> Um, I scored 209 out of a possible, I don't know how many. She probably told us, but I've forgotten. And Gemma gave it 183.5. So that's all our out of fives added up over the year. And then this year, we've had a few more weeks because we wanted to wait until episode 500 to do this. But um, I've I've gone down. Also, last year, there weren't episodes, as many episodes. No, but there weren't as many weeks, weren't there? We had as many podcasts that weren't that way. It's just Um, ignore me. Yeah, so I went went down to 185.5 this year. But you went went up. You went to 198. So it was much better for you and a bit worse for me. But anyway, anyway. Way. It doesn't matter. I thought that was great. It's very interesting to know. Thank you for those. Oh, this stats. was out of this was out of three hundred and thirty. So, said. so last year you did two hundred nine out of hundred. No, we don't know what that was out of. Oh, Maybe out of three hundred and thirty. Right, <laughs> this year they I got, always got, said that Carol this year Coronation Street got one hundred eighty five and a half out of three hundred and thirty from me. Right. We've got a competition, everybody. If you've been on our social media, um, then you'll see we um, launched a twenty four hour Twitter. Conversation Street, Coronation Street competition. competition. to win was, mm? an apron. You can win an apron. A tea towel. You can win a tea towel. a t-shirt. A t-shirt. An exclusive Conversation Street. Not, yeah, not just any t-shirt. Not just the Coronation Street t-shirt, which a you might actually want. Conversation Street one. Conversation Street t-shirt. We made this a Twitter poll for 24 hours, not because we wanted to do some amazing flash competition or anything, but I was driving home from school yesterday and I thought, oh, we should oh, do crap, a competition. We haven't done anything. Yeah. Right. So what you ha- all you had to do was was retweet our tweet. It's fine. Should we just pick a winner? We will pick a winner. Um, yeah, we we got a load of entries. So I'm just going to generate a number here because. 
because we've got oh, twink, come on. all our winners yeah, in a row. Just... Third, right, we've got to do it. But Gemma, oh, can you no, just no, can no, you no, no. can you talk? Oh. Can you fill dead air? Oh well, I one, um, two, three. Had a great day. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Usually, you can't shut me up, but I better not say any numbers, I guess, because you're trying to count it all up. Are you excited about the quiz? Yeah, me too. <laughs> this is not very good, Michael. I don't even know what number you're on. Would have been better to. We are here. I've oh. got it. Okay, Heather Turner Hamill. Thank Hooray! you very much, Heather. Congratulations. You have won. She's from Canada. Whoa, we are going to send this to Canada. Oh, it's amazing. that's going to cost so, us a lot of money. Money doesn't matter. We don't, don't care. Yeah, so we're no, going to send you an apron. We're going to send you a Coronation Street tea towel. And we're going to send you a T-shirt, which you must wear with pride, my lady. Yes. Thank you very and much, I'm, everyone, for entering. This is going to be a very special um, prize also, because I don't think you can get these items in Canada. I think the, the ITV shop oh, the ITV doesn't sell yeah. them to Canada. So congratulations, Heather. Thank you very much for entering our competition. Thank you to everybody else who entered. We really appreciate everybody um, joining in to celebrate our 500th episode. Right. Should I now do a quiz? No? I think, yes, we can do a quiz. I think that's all I wanted to say. I think that's much enough gushing with them. Um, yeah. Gushing with pride and, and overwhelmedness. So uh, have you got, I hope you've got a good quiz for us today, Gemma. This is things that happen between the 6th and the yes. 10th of December and you're going one and the 6th and I got this from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Go on then. <gasps> Record scratch. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've done a, a secret quiz about the 500th episode of Coronation oh, Street. Oh, I wondered whether you would do that. I actually had a look at the 500th. Did you? Yeah, but like a up. week ago and I don't remember anything and it seemed oh, kind of... Um, Underwhelming, uh, a, a yeah, episode. unremarkable an episode. So I don't remember anything that I read. Honestly, it was, over, yeah, it was yeah. about a week well, ago. Well, we'll see, won't we? When we find out how is this we... really all it is about? Yeah. Have you not done one about years ending in one and a six? No. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Why? Well, this could be fun. Right. What date was the five hundredth episode of Coronation <laughs> Street aired? I don't know. You can guess. Okay. Um, 500 How long episode. do you reckon? How many years do you reckon? Well, that, was, that must have been about... Come on, you can do the math there. About... If you work out how many... Shut up, I know. One, two... <laughs> Don't do up to 500, please. My, my, oh, my, now I'm doing maths on the spot. I know how the children in my class feel. So there was there was 100 episodes a year odd. So it must be about uh, about five years in. So I'm going to say roughly round about April 1966. Couldn't be more wrong. What? Well, because it's only you only be right if you were had the correct one. Oh, uh, what is it then? Twenty seventh of September, nineteen sixty five. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I was in the right ballpark. Who maybe. was the producer? I don't know. I don't know. I should know these things. I tell me. Can you not guess? No, I it don't want to embarrass myself. H V Kershaw. Okay, yeah, that make kind of makes sense. I okay, think, maybe I was right now, this is going to get really mad at me now. Kershaw. You ready? Yeah. Um, name ten characters who appeared in the episode and tell me who they were played by. This, come on, this is easy. Ken Barlow. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Please say Ken was no. in it. What? No. Ina Sharples. No. <laughs> it's not li- they're not listed. Hilda Ogden. Yes, he played... Jean Alexander. Yeah. Stan Ogden. Yeah. Bernard Jewett. Yeah. Um, if Ina wasn't in there, surely not Minnie. I'm going to get Minnie Caldwell. No, you should have gone with your instinct. Yeah. Um, Emily Nugent. She was credited as Miss Nugent. Yes. Eileen Derbyshire. 
How many guesses have I had? Oh, Minnie so Caldwell, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Who's played her? Oh, was it Margot Bryan? Yes. Yes, I, Good I job. This is this is this is the 500 episode test of the culmination of your Coronation Street okay. knowledge. Okay. Okay. So you've got four so far. I don't remember the actor's name. Oh no, I did. Harry Hewitt. No. Oh, Lucille Hewitt. No. Oh, they gone by that point. Um, Come on, there's some big ones you haven't said yet. Annie Walker. Correct. Doris Speed. Correct. Jack Walker. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, how many guesses have I had now? I don't know. Oh, good. I'll keep I just keep on going. Um, you can skip ahead You've to screen talking. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep going until you think. Come on, there's... Uh, there's some really, really obvious yeah. ones. Uh, was Bette Lynch at that point? Bette Lynch? No. Um... <laughs> this is really, this is really shameful. <laughs> Why is it Elsie shameful? Elsie Tanner. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Everyone at home is shouting out at me. I don't here. think so. Um, Come on, who goes with Elsie? Elsie. Dennis Tanner. Yay! Philip Narrow. Yeah. you got three more to get. <sighs> but there were more than ten people in yeah. the episode, right? Uh, 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 uh. Who's that? Albert Tatlock. Yes. Jack Howarth. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm getting there. Who was in the shop at that point? Oh, I, yeah, come uh, on, in the shop. No. No, she gone. Um, this got... Uh, Florrie this... Lindley. No, it was uh, someone who uh, was not uh, very well remembered. Uh, uh, Lionel Petty. Yeah. Yes, I don't know who played him. Edward Evans. You've got <laughs> one more to guess. Um, okay, I was just trying to work my way down the street, but I can't remember who lived where at this point. Is there going to be somebody like, um, not Christine Hardman no, or no, no, uh, no. Uh, there's some, there's some obvious ones. There's left. one big was, name. Um, was Arthur Lowe in it? What's his face? No, like, um, it's okay. not on. It's not on this list that I've got. But this mm. person goes with Elsie, I would say, even though not really. Len Fairclough. Yeah. Peter Adamson. Yes. Yes. Phew. Well done. How oh, I got there in the okay, end. Okay, and I got one more, one more question. Who said this quote, and who did they say it about? She seems to go from one misfortune to another. Could be anybody. Really could. Is that a quote from the bottom of the Corypedia page? Yeah. Um, like, uh, about. Is it about one of the characters I've just mentioned? Yeah. Who I've well, completely of course, forgotten. because it was from this episode. Um, I can't remember who I said Any was in two it people now. Was it Elsie? What? I don't know. Can I, it what, was only about Elsie. Only about Elsie. The only people you didn't get, I think, were... Um, Sandra Petty, played by Heather Moore, and Charlie mm. Moffat, played by Gordon Rowlings. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think I would have got Sandra or Charlie, no, to I be fair. So. I'm quite pleased with Lionel Petty, Well actually. done. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of you. Well yeah. done. That was Thank really good. Much. Thank you very much. Um, and there's a fun fact here that I also got from Coropedia, and is that is fun? that this episode was repeated on BBC4 on the 28th of March, oh. 2005. Why did they do that? Because they were doing TV on Trial, which is a series where they were talking about what uh, was the best decade Um in TV. And this was Coronation. Was the this era. was the this was the entry to try well, and make out the Coronation Street was the best. And they showed a no, 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 random no, no, no. It's about what's the golden age of television. And so they would select a single decade. They have to talk about a decade. And they select programs from that decade to mm. talk about whether this was the golden era of television. Yeah. So they picked episode 500 to represent the 1960s. Um, and they showed it alongside episode 95, which was broadcast on the 8th of November 1961. 
and episode 700, which was broadcast on the 30th of Ooh, August, 1967. Interesting fact. Lovely. It is an interesting fact. Lovely. Birthday time! Can I just say about quizzes no. as well? Oh. Um, I want to wish, I know it's going to be too late by this point, but um, it's happening right now, I imagine. The Coronation Street 61st anniversary fan convention thing up in Manchester yeah. that we wish that we could be at, know, but it's far too far away. And um, I hope they're all having a lovely time, and um, maybe hopefully by next week's podcast we'll have some idea about how it went. But yes. yeah, hope, uh, if anyone listening to this went along to it, do please um, let, us know. let us know right in about it, because I'm, uh, I'm curious about how it's gone. And about how do you enjoy the episodes that we selected as well? Well, we didn't select them. You voted for them. Right, Gemma. 11th birthdays. to the 17th of December, the birthdays we have are Nigel Bavaro played Terry Duckworth, Victoria Econoy played Angie Appleton, and Molly Gallagher who plays Nina Lucas. Aww. 12th of December, Susie Hush. I think she's a producer. Katie Kavanagh played Julie Carp. Stephen Arnold played Ashley Peacock. 13th of December, Angela Crowe's Doreen Lostock. Supeli Dorgu played Kelly Crabtree. We've been watching there recently, haven't we? 15th of December, Michael Lavelle played Kevin Webster. And finally, 16th of December, Nicholas Cochrane played Andy McDonald. Well, he got, he got a shout out this week, didn't he, did he Andy? He did. Mm. Do you think he got called Nicholas because it's like very, it's kind of festive? Maybe he did. I don't know if you'd, I don't know if I'd go for that. What? You wouldn't want a cr- well, like Christmas a, name, a, festive a, name for you. Because you'd be kid. like, oh, yeah, I know it's my birthday. Like Holly. Or Noel. Mm. Or it's fine. Jesus. I don't I, do you know what? The one good thing is I don't need to worry about it because I've already been born. Very true, very, very true. And I don't think there's any children on the way. No. <laughs> I don't, don't think so. No. Just a podcast not. baby every week. Okay, I think that's <laughs> enough of that. You want to get on to hear about what we thought about Coronation Street this week, so we're gonna flipping well tell you. Yeah, we will, and you won't be able to stop us. Or well, you can actually, you can stop us anytime you like. But don't. Don't history <laughs> talk. Don't. <laughs> oh, oh god right Sorry. you recover now yeah yeah okay <laughs> what? street talk this street week talk everybody time. what was happening in coronation street this week for our 500th episode well we were going to tell you because we started off with a harrowing storyline of um summer and daniel oh you didn't like this one did you no, you're get... too... you a little bit terrified yeah. But don't worry, nobody's going to fall in love with me. It's fine. I'm, I'm far too strict and horrible. And I don't like poetry or anything. This is the Summer Crush story, which we're going to be starting off Street Talk I with this not, week. You, are, you, you don't teach children this age. No. Um, next up, we're going to have the Phil, Mimi, Fizz, Tyrone storyline. Is it Mimi or is it Beryl? I don't know. We can have a storyline title for each, I thought. I'm a celebrity. Get Mimi out of here. Yeah. Or Beryl the Peril, which is comic book character. So we, we started off with Mimi and Coco and we ended up with Beryl and Eric. Yes, exactly. Um, I, uh, it's sad. I think she's gone now. I, uh, I know. She was great. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about her in a minute. Um, <laughs> then we had a right hash job, and they have made a right hash job of this whole thing after tonight's twist, haven't Weeps. they? <laughs> or actually, I thought we just recently had Tashes to Ashes, didn't we? But now we have Hashes to Ashes. <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, if he is an he observant Muslim, then he's got to get... Oh, that's right true, yeah. Get, get, get that's a good question, away. actually. If oh. they... If they um... If you're investigating a crime, I don't if, know. if there's anything suspicious about his death... Yeah, they've got to find about it soon. Oh. Um, then we have got a bit more of the case of the munchers well. with Curtis's Munchausen syndrome or... Uh, what's it called? Facetious Fac- disorder. No, factitious disorder. Factitious. Not facetious. Um, that's the difference. I was just saying, if say if they suspect that there was something foul um, afoot with Hashim's death mm. and they hold up his cremation 
Mm. Is that what they... It's cremation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, Maybe the family will get annoyed and try to get revenge. Because they... The family know that the sons are the ones that burn the place down. Do they think they're just going to give up now? I don't, I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. Um, we then got the... Uh, oh, Grace has gone this week as well. Not just Mimi, but Grace. Is a, bit sad, Grace. a little bit sad about that. Um, the, the Grace period... Is over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, and uh, I mean, Sarah Lou's pregnant again or something. Well, she's not pregnant. <laughs> is that storyline fluttering in her youth? Right. I'm going to talk about the summer crush storyline, Gemma, and uh, all the drama that happened there this week. So we had we had the ice ball on Monday, didn't wow, we? Wow, six ice form ball. ice ball that was uh, fully attended by all twenty members of the uh, Weatherfield, the Weatherfield sixth form. Oh, great. <laughs> so we got Asher, Amy, and Summer all organising it. Daniel's there helping as well. Um, somebody mentions, I can't remember who it was, um, to, to Summer, how did you get home from school the other day? And she um, says, oh, I just got a lift from someone. So she's still hiding the fact that she got a lift in Daniel's car. Mr. Osborne's car, sorry. Meanwhile, Max is digging for more information about this lift because he, remember, saw Summer getting out of the car and he did a little film with it. I don't know what he saw exactly because we, we didn't... When he spread his video around everyone's phones on uh, on Monday night, we didn't see everything that was being shown, did we? Like, he didn't have the best of evidence. No, he didn't. He just had a pit... He just had... Um, as far as I know, he literally just had Daniel talking to Summer out of his car door, like... But there was that. There was the, the old energy bar thing and there was a hand on the on the shoulder. The it's not, I, Yeah, it's not the most compelling evidence. Anyway, so anyway, he's, he's trying to do a bit of digging is, is Max and um, he's saying, oh, is it someone you were dating that took you home? Is it Summer? Mm-hmm. And she said, look, it's none of your business, actually. Which is true because she's his mentor. I can't remember. How many years is it between them? Three, four years, maybe, between Summer and Max? I can't they remember. Maybe it's not even that now, many. Well, they're, they're definitely not the same age because, as we know, Summer is <laughs> actually in a mid-twenties if we look at her at just but never mind anyway amy sees um she's she's on a phone and she says oh look daisy's got a thousand likes on this post she's she's there with her striker boyfriend ashley and then the conversation kind of turns to daniel and how he was punching above his weight with daisy and someone says hang on a minute geeks can be hot too you know what about podcasters hmm can no, they? they're rubbish. Podcasting geeks? No. Anyway, she's uh, not that I'm saying Mr. Osborne's hot, of course. Oh, no, 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 no. So later on, and they're still getting ready for this ball. And then. <laughs> trying to sit up. Oh, it's just going. Sorry. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, they're, sitting, they're, they're getting ready for this ball. Summer has a little dizzy spell because she's got her diabetes and everything. Daniel goes over to see her. He's a bit concerned. And Max sees him touch her arm. So that's what you see. And he uses a little photo of that. No, he touches video. her arm. Yeah, he touches her arm. That's what I said. I thought you said she touched no, his no, arm. No, no. Max looks hacked off by this. So he leaves his camera running on Daniel and Summer as they chat. And then uh, Daniel brings Summer a little energy bar, slips it into her bag. Um, and then so back home later, Max is looking over all this footage together. And he's like, oh, I'm going to make her... I'm going to make a, a banger of a film out of this. I'm going to know he's going to be sent down, Mr. Osborne. It's yeah, be like no more the homework for me. Change. Yeah, what's that? It's that docu- uh, conspiracy theory. Oh, okay. About 9-11. It's going to be the new Who Made the Sinkhole video, he thinks. So Who Made the Sinkhole? Max. should be a theme tune. Max gets Summer's bag later. Yeah, he raids it because they're, they're all left in, in the only classroom in the school. I'm starting to feel they need to... Is, is it an... Are they filmed in an actual school? Is it a set? I know I said the other day it looked like it was maybe a repurposed Weatherfield general set, you did didn't say I? That. Um, I would... It's a very good set. 
It is. It, it, it looks or good. It's, it's got lots of it's got lots of grammar on the wall. Yeah. But it does like appear that it's they, the... there, there, yeah, there, yeah. Uh, ways to do persuasive languages up there. No, it's... it seems like it's the only only classroom in the school, and um, there's only about three children in the class. I don't know why people are going off to um, Oak Hill because you can get real. Um, quality teaching. Quality small class sizes. But some might say... Just in the local comprehensive. It's too intensively one-on-one. Yeah, just a little bit, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Um, so anyway, he, he's having a look through a bag. Um, he, he finds finds the energy uh, bar and the poem, that love poem, that um, the sonnet that Daniel had left in there last week. And he kind of looks... He looks kind of sad, bless him, because he does, he does have a thing for summer, but he also looks kind of mad as well. So later on, the ball is in full swing. Max is trying to spike the lime slushy with vodka. He's, 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 a, bit, he's a bit tipsy, isn't he? Then he has a go at Daniel. Because <laughs> Daniel comes over and he kind of has a go at him for abusing his position and says, you were taking advantage of the year 12 and 13 girls. Daniel's like, what are you going on about? And Max says, I know, you've been sleeping with Summer and you're a big perv. You've been found out. So Daniel goes, goes over to Summer saying, somebody says that we're having a secret clandestine relationship. Let's go and have a private word in the darkened corner over there. We, nobody will suspect us anymore. He says, what, he says what Max has been saying, how he's been threatened to tell uh, people. This needs to be nipped in the bud right now. So Summer then has a go at Max, who is massively drunk by this point, and says, look, you are way off with what you said. Are you jealous or something? you got some kind of stupid crush on me, you pathetic little boy. <laughs> and, um, and then we oh, have the closing gosh. speech for the ball. Max comes to the mic and accuses Daniel publicly of having it off with Summer, punches him in the face for good measure. And uh, and then just for the icing on the cake of the ice ball, he sends a video of Daniel being dodgy or something to the ice ball WhatsApp group. Or I don't know. I, I assume that that's what it was. I saw lots of... um. Lots of people on Twitter saying, how has Max got everybody's phone number? But... but I've also heard people saying that's very common for children to have like year group. But they're not What's in the same year group? group. This is the thing. Max is infiltrating the sixth form ball. I don't know why they even let him in. Why have they had this little scrote of a GCSE student? Or not even GCSE yet. Has he even taken his options? I've got to remember. Like in the end, no, I don't understand what age are they then? Well, Max is a couple of years younger than Summer because he's the school's promising audiovisual so um, prodigy. That he's been there. 18, 17, 18. Yeah. So he's like 15, 14, 15. Yeah, something like that. I don't get why they would let... Is, is nobody doing media studies at A-level that could maybe video this? <laughs> maybe they're like... Um, Daniel believes in him. Well, he's been recast now and he looks older. I'm not going to ask how old he is. Because it would be embarrassing like that time the twins suddenly grew a year. (laughs) Anyway, let's not ask any questions about this because Daniel's dodgy video is out there. Wednesday, and I thought this storyline was great on Wednesday, and I can see you were there kind of watching with your fist in your mouth almost going, oh, what if? So Daniel... Um, Michael, stop, stop making out. Well, no, you're just saying you were worried, weren't you, that, that about the horrible accusations being made. I know, but I don't want schools. anyone to get the impression that there's any reason for me to worry about it. No, no, there's not. No, there's of course there's not. I know, not. but you keep talking about it like... No, no, there's not. Anyway, Daniel's telling Ken that Mrs. Croce... No. I've written Mrs. Crowshaw here. I had to explain this to you, didn't I? You did. I w- is anybody else? I may- maybe this is going to be news to some listeners as well. But the deputy head at the school is not called Mrs. Crowshaw. She's called Mrs. Crawshaw. And I didn't even know that was a name. 
I've never heard of that. <laughs> but because they're all speaking in their northern accents, I thought they were saying, oh, Mrs. Crawshaw. Mrs. To me, Crowshaw. Mrs. Crawshaw. But no, she's actually Crawshaw. Um, Crawshaw so, doesn't sound, sound right. Crawshaw. Mrs. Foshaw, Mrs. Crowshaw. Anyway, she's having a chat. He's, he needs, she's going to be having a chat with Daniel later. The head's just washing his hands of this whole matter, isn't he? Mr. Griffin, the head at Weatherfield High, he's like, "You deal with this don't, underling." Don't deal with dirty. I, I think maybe maybe he's on sabbatical or something, but it certainly seems that there's only uh, there's only the deputy in charge at the moment. Um, Daniel's refusing Adam's help. He says, I don't need a lawyer. Didn't do anything. We just need to get this nipped in the bud, basically. Surely it's the people that didn't do it that need the lawyers more. I don't know. I kind of think that I'd almost... If I was ever wrongly accused of something, I can imagine myself being like Daniel and saying, no, I don't I, I don't need anyone. I just tell everyone the truth and I'll be absolutely fine. Don't you think? Uh, no, I, if I was accused of something... This, I, I, for some reason, I have it in my head that this will be something I need to think about for the future. You reckon? But I'm pretty sure that I'd immediately find a solicitor, the best one possible, and I'd be like, help me, <laughs> I didn't do anything. I think that I just But also, think... listen, help me, I didn't do it, but I've got such a guilty face, and I've been waiting for something terrible to happen to me my whole life. I think I just trust in the efficacy of the British justice system and that I'd be absolutely fine. However, idiot. however, I suppose that Daniel <laughs> Daniel has got the Weatherfield justice system that he's uh, going to be contending with. So, you know, the odd person has been sent down when they're innocent in the past. So it's maybe not right, about whether you did it or you didn't do it. It's here. about whether you can prove it. Right. Anyway, <laughs> we then get a scene in Victoria Gardens. I don't know why it was happening here, but why Billy chooses this particular locale to ask Summer for her side of the story. Why not at home? I the same we... reason why Daniel chose a, a quiet corner of the party to talk to Summer about accusations of inappropriate behaviour that had been made against him. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> what's his face? Billy says, we need to have a very private conversation about something very delicate <laughs> and where nobody can overhear us. So let's go sit in... Not only is it a park, but it's on the corner. And not only is it on the corner, so people from two different roads. It's also right by the co-op. Yeah. So everyone's going in and out. And also, you can't really tell who is behind the fence a lot of the time <laughs> because of all the hedges. We'll just sit here where we can't tell if people are listening to us and hope that nobody overhears our very private conversation well, I, I wondered... about whether the teacher's been feeling you up. I, I wondered whether it was because, you know, the, the set, the, the, their flat set wasn't on you know, on the rotation or however it worked, but they did actually use it. And then I thought, was it so that Paul could come wading in? But actually, he lives there. I, I've no, lost... he lives with Daniel. Oh, oh yes. I've lost track. I think Is Billy I with this... anybody at the moment? I don't know, but I, I said to you before that we need to have a... <clears throat> Now we've had 500 episodes, maybe we can, um, what's the word, invest in this. But one of those, like, Churchill's Bunker style maps with people's characters. Oh, I think and we, we can need push it. them around with one of those wooden It felt like, claws. you know, back in the spring, we couldn't breathe for another scene of Billy and Todd and Paul and who's going off with who's who. who's going out with. And, and now it's like, I don't know. So, right, so Good Billy isn't going out with anyone at the moment. So, mate, so that's Are you why. Sure? Is he not going out with t Todd? Is he going out with... Oh. He's definitely not going out with Paul. 
I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's really bad. We but should know. Really, We've done 500 really episodes of the podcast. But anyway, that's why they did it in Victoria Garden. So Paul could come wading in going, rah, rah, rah. You were groom, mate. And then Billy tells him to back off. So I know a lot of people didn't like Paul this week, but I, I thought like he Paul was um, very... This is this made total sense to me. It made sense for his character, because but it didn't is, help me like everyone him was moaning. Everyone was moaning and saying, oh, he's just seeing what he wants to see. He's, you know, because obviously he had experience of being groomed and he didn't know he was being groomed. But at the same time, we're all seeing what we want to see based on our experiences. He's only doing the same as we are, except his experience is you don't know you're being groomed. And our experience is, is, well, I think I'd know if I was. Yeah, but does he have to be so gruff about it? If you thought that your, like, <laughs> stepdaughter was being molested by an arrogant asshole, the likes of which is Daniel Osborne... I'll be furious. <laughs> anyway, um, later on, David and Max are there with Mrs. Crawshaw. And Crosh, she, Mrs. Crawshaw. Mrs. Crowdad. She wants to know what makes him think there's a relationship going on between Daniel and Summer. And David, throughout this, he is sticking up for Max, isn't he? I don't get it. This was very... Doesn't he know that his son is a massive scrote? There's a couple, there was a couple of weird characterizations this week. One of them was... This is leftover from last week, though, too, as well, though. David acting like... One minute that um, Max is the devil incarnate, and the second minute acting as though he speaks only the truth, like some kind of cursed monkey's paw or something. Well, he, he's mostly been on his side, hasn't he? I mean, but I know what? there was that bit know. a few weeks ago when Max took a swing at David, <laughs> but I, it it feels very, you know convenient to the story that Max is completely blind to his son's um failings. Um the other thing is the other the other character of course I'm talking about is Alia. Mm? I said two characters are acting oh, Yeah, um, what's going on with Alia today? We'll talk about her later. Anyway, later on, the basically the, this little bit of the episode which I quite enjoyed was a back and forth of the two interviews, wasn't it? It was Crusher talking to David and Max and then Crusher talking to Daniel and then Crusher talking to Max and David again. They're going back and forth. This was very Daniel's well put together. I thought I it was jolly well put I together. So. Daniel was protesting his innocence. He's like, no, it wasn't me. Um, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do now, Mrs. Quirthar. Oh, so you did do something. Uh, and then, oh, then it's Summer's turn to get grilled. She is adamant at this point in the episode that Daniel acted completely appropriately at all times. Paul's in there sitting in with them for the interview. That was the other thing that made me confused. So if he's... what What's it to do with him? Who? Paul. Why was he there when well, Summer was... Because he, he hung around with her for a little bit. Yeah, but he thinks of her as his daughter, kind of. Does he? She's got like three dads. No, she's got four dads and one of them's dead. <laughs> Actually, didn't Drew have a partner? Yeah, maybe. How many I dads can know. one woman have? It's just greedy. <laughs> Some people don't have any. Anyway, I, th- I, I assume he's in there because he's like, oh, I'm an expert. He's in there so that he can be grumpy for a little bit more. So they go back home and um, Paul brings it up when Daniel had someone mysterious in his flat the other week. He's like, oh, I reckon that must have been someone that was in there then. Uh, and he's completely convinced that these allegations are true. Billy isn't. He says, look, you." he says to Paul, you're just seeing what you want to see. And Paul's like, rah, I don't want to see that. What are you saying? Rah, rah, rah. He, he... <laughs> don't be so mean. He's... Oh. Look, we can only interpret the world through our experiences and try to make sense of things based on previous experiences and stuff. And he's had experience of this and he didn't realise for years. 
I know. He just needs to say a bit nicer. But in a way, Summer's sort of groomed herself here. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. She comes home later. She gets a grilling from Paul who says... Um, uh, and she says, um, well, there was, there was nothing physical between us. It was emotional. <sighs> and and when this she is where she started, like, goes oh on and saying, yeah, yeah, he did love me, actually. <laughs> it was electric. But where... One minute we're discussing poem, the next we just connect. But where did, where does that, I can't remember where that ends up. Well, just... Does someone ever realise that she's talking absolute bollocks? Well, by, by, by the end of it, um, she's kind of backs down on it, doesn't she? But she hasn't, she never went, it, I can understand how she gradually started to believe after everyone starts telling her, you know, this has happened, this has happened. She might but, be like, oh yeah, well I was hoping that it did and now everyone's telling me that it did. It must have done. I think through a lot of this, she she was convinced that Daniel was interested in her and, and then she kept, then she would like see him with Daniel, uh, Daisy and think, oh, he's cheating on me. With I think in her head, it was obviously a lot more than it actually was. Um, but it was just, it felt odd to me that, you know, when she was talking to Crowshaw, Crowshaw, that she was saying, no, he was completely appropriate. And then to Paul, she No, says, that makes sense, because she's trying to protect him. Oh, yeah, 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 I suppose but, so. But, um, so. yeah, she never went, oh, actually, now I think about it. Mm. Paul says this is textbook grooming. And I say, don't groom your textbooks. Unless it's that book of monsters from Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, yeah, the one that, yeah... The... Little strokey, but um, police officer comes to number one to take Daniel away. Is that how Alexa's talking to us in the other end of the house? Sorry, um, he's he's looking worried. Ken says, Don't worry, you've done nothing wrong, son. So, in the interview, Daniel's starting to get a little bit sarky about the whole thing. Um, he says, Look, Summer is just a family friend, she was a babysitter, but that is it. He, he's asked about this poem and he said, yes, I was just, it's just a poem. I was just writing out a poem from memory to her. I thought it would help her with her coursework or whatever. And, and they're and like, don't you think that that's slightly strange? And like, no, I was just trying to help. Um, and then he has to tell the officer that this lady hiding in the flat was actually Daisy. And um, he, he's definitely starting to get worried at this point that his career is over before it's barely begun. If he wants to do this sort of thing, he needs to get super fat, super bald and super old. And then he can write love letters to as many teenage girls as he likes. And nobody's going to care. <laughs> um, another officer. Comes... It's not, let's face it, it's not like he's got sparkling personality, is it? <gasps> another officer goes to Billy's flat later to talk to Summer. And um, she, she was like, he was like, was, was it you who Daniel had in, a, in, in his flat last week? And she's at this point, she realises, oh... He had somebody else in his flat last week. It wasn't me. So she kind of realises at this point that maybe, maybe there yeah, isn't. Yeah, two women on Maybe the there isn't anything. Maybe it, maybe I'm not quite so special. Oh, no. Then we have one of many confrontations between Daniel and the Platts in the street later. He kind of strides over to Max, says, oh, you tried to destroy me. David sends, uh, sends Max inside and stands up for him, although he says, yeah, well, also he's been suspended for punching you. It would have Make made more in, sense what? if there had been a bit more of, like, grief between Daniel and David before this happened. Yeah. They go inside. Daniel has a go at Paul, um, who also happens to be handily walking past. Again, more, more handy walking past this week. Paul says, yeah, you stay away from summer. Daniel kind of slopes home, telling Tracy and Steve, oh, I'm finished. Ken, meanwhile... Um, well, no, later on, sorry. He's he's trying to look at the matter from all angles, isn't he? Tracy's kind of sticking by Daniel and saying, no, he's been accused. It wasn't him. This is outrageous. And Ken's kind of saying, well, you know, 
you did give her a lift home that one time and you did put a poem in a bag and he's kind of picking out all the things that Daniel's done that maybe if he thought about it, it might, you might have thought, yeah, they told me in my teacher training college I shouldn't really been doing this with teenage girls. And um, she, she, and, and, and I, this made me think of um, back in the 60s, Ken also had a bit of a, had a crush on him, didn't he, from, um, from a woman. Ken had a girl, he had a crush on him. Yeah, exactly. There was this. Uh, we we saw one episode of this a couple of years ago, and it was this. It's a character called Rita Spears, and it was this. Um, I think it's just been about summer's age as well, actually. But she was only in it for about four episodes in 1963, and um, she's got a crush on on uh, Ken, who's her teacher at the time. Um, he twigs onto it pretty quickly though, because he's clearly got a bit more nous than Daniel. And, and sends her on her way. And then she goes off and dates Jerry Booth for an episode. Then he finds out that she's only 15 or whatever. And and that's the last we see of Rita Spears. But, you know, I would have thought, Corey, he could have made Daniel, he could have made Ken remember back to old Reet. But no, never mind. So, um, Daniel, no, sorry, Daisy, then later on sees, oh no, sorry, I missed a bit. Tracy goes over to Billy and Summer, doesn't she? She uh, she has a go at them in the street. She says, um, I'm chucking you out of the flat because apparently I own the flat that you live in. I remember that she used to she used to own the shop below, didn't she? But I can't remember who owns what, what properties anymore. But anyway, you're out. Paul gets involved, makes it worse, saying that he reckons Daniel did do it. Summer goes off crying and this is where Daisy finds her in Victoria Gardens later and Summer admits that... Um, yeah, it was, um, I, I just I just misread the signs. Well, she says, there were no signs. Daniel really was just being helpful for me. And Daisy sympathises with her and says, yeah, it was me that was in the flat that time. Yeah, we were dating. We were having a bit of a secret relationship. Summer is crying through the whole thing of this and says, oh, I thought me and Daniel would be together. Now he's going to hate me for the rest of my life. So the, uh, the episode ends with Daisy going out to see Daniel, saying what Summer's told her. Why didn't he twig that Summer had a crush on him, though? You blurred the lines, Daniel, by inviting her into your home, etc., etc. And Ken's like, yep, you're right, Daniel. This is kind of your fault. What's going to happen on Friday? Well, it seems that it all kind of gets solved fairly easily. Apart from poor Max, who's... um. He's in trouble. He's, he's, he's potentially um, permanently excluded <laughs> for this. I mean, I don't know whether that was a bit of an overreaction Well, no, it's because he hit the teacher. Or, but... Yeah, he wasn't. But... He's not excluded for being in. He a hit meddling... the teacher and refused to show any kind of. Um, You're supposed to hit the teacher for, and oh, go. Not sympathy. Um, what's the word? Remorse. Remorse. That's the word. I think. Supposed yeah. to hit the teacher and then go. Whoops. Yeah, but he didn't. So he has. He has to apologise for hitting Dan. No, he's he clear. He's clearly it. not. He doesn't care. He's written this half-assed apology that uh, David and Shona aren't at all impressed with. Um, uh, who'd have thought that the guy who was able to write that sparkling script for the sinkhole video couldn't even come up with a half-decent apology? Summer comes over. She has a massive go at him. What if Oxford has heard about this? They'll never let me in. Tell you what. The evidence is she... building up, isn't it? First, she's a, first she gets a credit in the sinkhole video. Now she gets accused of being... A, well, not accused. She gets... Um, uh, embroiled in this teacher relationship thing. Oxford's like, we don't care. I was like, we'll we, watch, we watch EastEnders down here. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Don't watch Coronation Street. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Daniel's lying like I love the fact what? that she thinks there's like some kind of evil spy master network of like... Ox- I know, Oxford, Oxford spies everywhere. Like, hey, we, must dis- we must dispatch our greatest espionage 
expert to Ooh, Weatherfield they... to uncover the truth. This Weatherfield girl looks far too good to be true. They, they get Surely... a lot of they get a lot of applications, don't they? They got to whittle them down somehow. I know. It's like she's the she's the best candidate they've ever had. There's got to be something, <laughs> something wrong with her. Surely nobody can be this perfect. Um, she's got she's, diabetes. She's been into Shocking. robots since she was three, <laughs> but she doesn't really know what robots. Meanwhile, is. Daniel's lying low at home. He's on the phone to Adam, um, saying, "Oh yeah, I'm not really allowed in school." At the moment, Adam tells Sarah that I'm worried <laughs> like, about what could happen to him. We're going to have to st- prevent Mr. Osborne from coming into school. But what about his workload? <laughs> oh, he didn't actually do anything. No, those are. I think we can cover those it. three children that he had in his class. They can just be absorbed into one of the other ones and they'll be fine. Just write your own poetry down. So, um, Max, David, and Shona uh, are with Crawshaw later on. This is when Max has his a chance to apologise this and says, well, actually, I'm glad I hit Mr. Osborne. And Croshaw says, right, I'm going to make you, you're not only temporarily excluded, I'm going to speak to the governors and you're out for good, mate. Mm. So back on the street, David has another go at Daniel because it's your fault that my son is going to be expelled. Mm. And then, but, and then later on in the episode, we find out that the case against Daniel has been dropped, hooray. And I thought that that came far too quickly, considering that had a really exciting build-up on Wednesday. And I thought, oh, this, this could be a storyline that runs for a bit. What's going to happen to Daniel? How are they going to, you know, find out the truth? It turns out that by Friday, it's like, sorry, yeah, you didn't do it, did you? You can come back to school now. Did you get, did you think that? I was really surprised at how quickly they were at this part of the storyline up because I was really expecting this to drag out for weeks where they had investigations and... Because, I mean, yeah, not not just the, the school, but also the police and say... I can also imagine them doing a story where the school says, well, we've investigated and nothing's going on. And the police going, well, we haven't investigated. We're going to have to investigate ourselves. You know, you can't, you, it's not down to you to decide. And then the, you know, the school versus the police. Who's, mm. who, and then, you know, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. I just, I did, I was kind of glad to be put out of my misery quite quickly, but I'm also wondering, is this really the end or is something else going to happen or you know, are they going to open it up with more evidence? I don't think they've got any... There's nothing well, else no, no, there's lurking nothing, that I can think of. But, you know, who knows what, what Daniel's doing? Because, you know, he doesn't go to school that often. He's always bumming around... <laughs> they had a cafe all the, the cafe pub. and stuff. And for all we know, we don't see him all the time, he could be shagging a completely different student. He could be, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Because he has got a thing. Asher, I reckon. For, mm. Well, he's got a thing for little blondes, hasn't he? Yeah. Little thicko blood. That, that's Bethany. why. This is the thing. I don't know why someone thought he could see anything in her. And if she did, she should be offended because some um, Daniel really only goes for blonde thickos. <laughs> so it's kind of a good thing. That Anyone that he can feel superior over. And let's face it, Daisy's a bit of an honorary blonde, isn't she? Yeah. Later <laughs> on, Paul has ordered a slice of humble pie from Roy's. <laughs> £1.20 a slice. Um, um, you joking at Roy's price well Roy's not there anymore if Roy's in charge though it would be like 45p sorry, it's got a, plus a free uh, cup of tea it's got a dollop of humble ice cream next to it as well mm. and um, Daniel like Daniel comes in Paul apologises to him and Daniel says well you know what you're right to report it if you thought it was true um, just a bit devastated though that you thought it could have been true but if you buy me a cake then we'll call it quits I so that's the end of that to my own cake well that's almost quit, except David is still not accepting it because he ends the storyline this week by um, causing himself to chuckle with an amazing line of, um, before long, <laughs> you'll be on a register instead of taking it. 
And then he kind of walks off, chuckling evilly to himself. Like, like, I've been wanting to say that for weeks. I just needed to find the opportunity to do it. Did you hear that, Max? Did you hear that, son? So it's not over yet because this, um, not rival, this this antagonistic, um, yeah, enemy ship that has been um, forged between Max, uh, between, sorry, David and Daniel is still very much ongoing. Or will it just kind of drop now? Because it came out of nowhere, didn't it? This is, they, David's, um, David's had a thing against Daniel for a couple of months for no particular reason. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, we've seen them having a It would have made sense if we'd had, in the street. we'd had any kind of reason for it. You, I mean, I know in real life you sometimes just don't like somebody, but you don't just suddenly decide after living near somebody for years that you just take against them. No, and I know that David isn't exactly, you know, all sweetness and light and everything, but he's just coming across to me as, like, not very likeable in this story because because we know that Daniel is the is is the the wronged party here and then you got David having a go at him we're supposed to like um David David is the antagonist in it and I, it's I don't weird like that because he hasn't yeah he's normally like the, the cheeky imp or yeah. like at the very least he's sort of disruptive in a in an entertaining way like when he's taking an axe to to everyone's yeah. window fronts or pushing Gail down the stairs or whatever, which is funny. I see, <laughs> but, got... but just him having a go at somebody who hasn't actually done anything and taking the side of his scrotty son is just a bit annoying. Yeah, I mean, Shona is um, is trying to get David to see that maybe Max um, could maybe be making this up. But, but what I think maybe we needed some calmer heart-to-hearts between David or Shona or something to maybe have have David explain why he's sticking up for his son so much. I, I, I don't know. It it just felt like it was missing something there. And I, I'm hoping that we can get back to the um the David we all know and love soon. Maybe we will. I don't know. But um yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed this story this week. Um I think Wednesday was definitely the best day out of the three of them for it. Um and, and this this is how I was like, this is great. But then watching over to you going, oh um it, well, uh, well, uh, any, any, anything to add about the, the Daniel allegation side of thing? It, it felt like we were going to be able to have a good discussion about it, but then when it was kind of all nipped in the bud by the end of today's episode, it was like, oh, it's very interesting. To, no, no theories here. It's very interesting because, um, I think it was handled well. I just don't like the story. I just find it very excruciating to watch. I, I thought it was good that. They made it serious. That it felt like you know all those interview scenes on Wednesday and everything. It wasn't just done for the drama at the ice ball, and then now everyone's going to shout at each other. We actually got to see you know, Daniel um, Daniel's reaction to it. The fact that he was staying pretty cool and calm by it, and and I think he what he was doing was was very much in character. I thought that the the investigation felt you know maybe like it would do in real life. I would have thought that maybe Daniel should have a union representative there or something. He should be in like a million unions if he's in his PGCE year because they try they give you all the free year when you when you're doing your PGCE. <laughs> but um no he he doesn't need that anyway. He can but no it it, it felt like it was being treated I... seriously and then it was kind of over by the end of the week because they ran out of time. I thought it was a bit weird that Daisy was the one that pointed out to him that he had sort of brought some of this on his own head. Because it seems like 
she was very insightful and sensible mm. and I don't I mean I know that she she's got I just didn't think she's that emotionally intelligent well, the, I I think that she's getting more and more like that every week, and, and I know, but I'm, I don't necessarily need that from her character. Which, which I do because I, I felt it's that she's people. been I felt that she's been too one dimensional, and and as the weeks are going on, I'm definitely liking her and liking her more. And I would say this was the week that I have liked Daisy the most because it she's we've seen a bit more of a, a sensible, intelligent side to her, caring side, and yeah. The fact that she was pointing out to, to Daniel, you're screwed up here. I know. I, I thought that was really good because, um, you know, I was because I know that nothing happened. I was on Daniel's side hmm. and, and it but it was quite frustrating the amount of times that he's put himself in a really stupid, vulnerable situation where it is only a matter of time, really, that somebody would accuse him of doing something um, because of how little he seems to be. He's like blurring so many, like she said, blurring the lines by inviting her to his house and yeah, I mean, get, touching her on the arm. And, uh, you know, I like that bit where Ken is like being such a teacher. He's like, uh, Daniel, you gave Summer an energy bar, but did you bring enough for the rest of the class? <laughs> no, then put it away. <laughs> no, yeah, I... um. I think that, you know, on, on its own, on their own, some of the things that Daniel did could have been explained away, especially the poem. The poem thing was silly, but it was like... Uh, if everything else could have been true, then the poem... Oh, you would have thought, yeah, okay, what, maybe some... that was dodgy, but no, what? what? I am so suspicious of the sheer number of people who seem to be able to quote poetry. Mm-hmm. Aren't you suspicious of people that know whole poems off by heart? Oh, I am. I am. Uh, I, well, the, the government would like children to learn poems off by heart more. I know limericks and I know song Go lyrics. On, give me a limerick. I only know the one about the woman with <laughs> Venus. <laughs> no, I um, I forgot what I was going to say. Now, what are we talking about? Well, yeah, the Daniel bringing it on himself. Yes, he did. The lift last week we said was like, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, even like I don't know. I don't know. The arm what? touch, the this food in the bag. I, when he was saying, "Look, I just I, I I felt for her. I know that she had diabetes. I was just that. It is all very innocent, but I think it was because he knew her outside of school. Would he have done that to his other students? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe also, he would. I'm sure like, that there are teachers. If just... there, there are so many neglectful, ne- neglected, sorry, children up and down the country, and I'm sure there are teachers that are, you know. You have, have this apple, have this. I know that you haven't been fed very well. There are lots of kind-hearted teachers. I but know, I... but I would imagine that a lot of them, them are sensible enough if they might feel it opens them up to mm. vulnerabilities. Like, look, here, Mrs Smith, take this over to Thingamabob. Mm. I'm not going to do it. Mm. Yeah. You said to me before about never being alone in a in a room with a child. Yeah, I know, I know. You get told that. You so. get told lots of things. I'm sure he would have been told all of this. Yeah, and he would have been told it fairly recently because he was just on his course. But I Although... think it's it's just sort of a demonstration of of his arrogance. Honestly, I think that he thinks a lot of things are beneath him because he's Daniel Osborne. You know, he does seem and I think very thinks... very cocky about his teaching yeah, position. I think There's he no kind of that he's doing everyone a favor by being a teacher and that he's got potential yeah. to be so much more than a teacher. But oh, you know. I want to help the community. Yeah, you should be grateful for me imparting yeah, exactly. my wisdom on you. He 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 doesn't come across at all as being a I'm only just a new teacher and you know I don't know what I'm doing. No, no, exactly. They they mentioned his um 
There's one point he mentions his PGCE mentor. I can't remember why, and I didn't really get what his PGCE mentor would have to do with it because he would have surely passed his PGCE back in June. But um, yeah, no, I, I think he did need taken down a peg or two actually. So maybe this will make him a little bit more humble, and maybe he'll just you know think before he acts a little bit more because I assume his career isn't over. Although whether he'll get any more stories being a teacher, I don't know now. No, but I mean, it was really interesting to see, you know, a false allegation storyline without it being um, the good the thing I think about it that was good that Cranish Street handled it as well was that it wasn't like the girl saying it or Summer saying something's going on here that isn't right because we don't need stories about how women aren't to be trusted and, you know, oh, they, you know, they'll ruin your life They just by saying that you raped them or whatever because I think we've had... Lots of people paranoid about that and saying things like that when, you know, it's far more likely that a woman has been molested or raped and not said anything about it than it is to have a false allegation made against you. So I think they're very wise to explore this storyline from, you know, the perspective of being accused of something, but without it being, you know, the blame mm. being on the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I don't think that's... That's good stuff. Helpful. Just before we move on to the next storyline, um, I just want to give a quick shout out to Tracy. I thought she was pretty cool this week. Lots of insults that you enjoyed. You wrote down all oh, the I insults did. and you put a tweet out. Oh, I don't know. Minge where... bag. Minge bag was the only one I remember. People got upset by minge bag, but there was um this this was something that Tracy said a few years ago, and apparently I think minge bag is a. You I don't think you're saying it quite a lot, you know. What? You're saying it a lot. Yes. I know. I'm saying in in it, it, it's a common northern term for somebody who's miserly. It's nothing. It's got nothing to do really? with, with minges. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Yeah, definitely. So she was good. I also enjoyed. I kind of enjoyed Steve's reference to her tapes, although the way he said it, it came. It kind of was like, like I'm making a reference here, playing my tapes. Whereas, um, interestingly, we watched um the classic episode from 2005 where Ray Langton came back the other day, didn't we? And that also mentioned Tracy being upstairs playing her tapes and he just said it like you would you would say it. But yeah, Steve Steve was kind of bigging up the fact that he was making a, a bit of a Tracy reference here. But she, she said, Minge bag, scrote, reverend liar, Oxbridge, conspiracy theorist. And there was quite a few other ones that she threw out mm. all over the place. Yeah, she was um, fun. Right, I think let's move on to the uh, let's move on to the Phil story, Gemma. Fizz and Phil, what they've been up to this week? It's your turn. On Monday, um, Fizz is like, "Oh, I'm gonna come home to see Phil for a bit of hanky panky because I would like to complicate the storyline with an unplanned pregnancy." Or some <laughs> description. Um, but Mimi's there and she's making deviled eggs, and it reminded me that I wanted to make deviled deviled eggs at Thanksgiving, but I forgot to do it because apparently that's a thing. So Never mind. Like, um, she wants to do party planning. Does does um Mimi? She's like, oh, Fizz, I'm so glad you're here. We've got to do some planning for the fete d'anniversaire. The fete d'anniversaire, the mon cher Fizz. And Fizz is like, uh, <laughs> I'm going. So she goes. I think I think what you might find with my notes for this, Gemma, is they're maybe not as thorough as you might like, which some people might be breathing a sigh of relief at as they're listening for make going a bit long. Because every scene that Mimi was in, I just didn't want to take my eyes off the screen because I thought that she was so brilliant. So um, she was pretty spectacular. Yeah, go on, go on. Um, 
at work, Fizz is moaning about Mimi when she turns up at the factory and she's like, oh, do you know, this place is not as hideous as I'd expected it to be. <laughs> Isn't it nice? And then Sally, Sally's completely in love with Mimi immediately because she's everything that Sally wants to be. Yeah. If Sally finds out she lives in Cheshire, she, her she brain will explode. She the kinship here. Um, she, they start, she's like, oh, have you seen my... <laughs> see my my front door it's duck egg blue and me was like oh my cottage is quail egg blue or something like <laughs> something that it's like fantastic that. um she tells fizz that she's ordered some party dresses which are going to turn up at four o'clock so back at home mimi prevents prevent presents fizz with these sparkly party dresses for the girls and she gives her a dress as well she's like oh it's teal which is phil's favorite color it was it it was like this hideous um it, yeah it was kind of a dark tealy blacky it I looked like... like she was kind of dressing up for greek day but it was a one-shouldered um dress for fizz it just looked but it like had a... the, the one shoulder led to a giant wide Sleeve. It just looked like there was a roll of material and somebody forgot to sew it into a dress. They just kind of wrapped it round her and that was it. Oh, I think you'll find you just don't understand fashion. <laughs> anyway, she, she looks very uncomfortable. Um, and Hope and Hope is not very impressed with the dress that she's been given, which is, um, it's a bit like Wednesday Adams has had teal paint thrown all <laughs> over her. Uh, she doesn't want to go to the party. Um, and then... Fizz is saying, well, you know, I don't think Hope should be made to wear something she's not comfortable with. And Phil is there at the same time, so is Mimi, but Phil's not backing Fizz up here. And he's not, he's just kind of letting his mum steamroll at everybody because he doesn't want to speak up. So Fizz bumps into Tyrone at the market and she's moaning on about Mimi and saying that um, that Phil Phil's not standing up for her and she's a bit disappointed. And Tyrone's like, well, Phil's the top bloke, blah, 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 blah. And because he even checked with me about the, the surprise Christmas holiday he's taking you on and with the girls and she's like what and he's like oh no I, I sorry I, I can't tell you um she's like I didn't know that he was even planning anything where are we going and Tyra's like oh I can't say I shouldn't have said anything forget I said anything etc etc Fizz and Tyrone end up in the Rovers and Mimi comes in <laughs> for a wine and um <laughs> she's she's uh gets offered the usual well we've got three types of wine we've got red white or rosé and that's about it um fizz introduces tyrone and uh, uh, uh mimi's obviously heard a lot about him already because she's like oh the miscreant then she goes off to the loo and tyrone's like bloody hell how can you put up with her she's a nightmare um so Fizz gets, goes back home. She's kind of tolerating Mimi at this point because she's just happy that she's got this surprise holiday coming up. How exciting. On Wednesday, Fizz has cooked Phil a birthday breakfast, which Mimi is not very chuffed with. She's belittling it. and sort of... it, it was, Wasn't it like a... Um, it's a Phil English. It, yeah. I thought it was like a, 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 I didn't look a, really. a breakfast bap or something and Mimi says know. it has been cremated. Something like that anyway. Um, she starts bringing up this party that she's planned and all the hard work that she's put into planning it and everything. Um, and this cake that's supposed to come. Um, so Fizz is in the bistro and she realises that they've delivered the cake to the wrong place. They've get, given it to the Viaduct Br Brasserie in Weatherby. What's going to happen? What can, what can she do about it? And Tyrone jumps in, volunteers to go and get it. Um, so she's trying to stall for time, but Mimi's like, where's my cake? Um, 
and then she starts having a go, a go, and she's like, I would have been better off getting two orangutans from the zoo to sort this. <laughs> Tyrone comes in just in time, and uh, she like grabs the cake off of him, and I was like, oh my god, the cake's going to go on the floor. But no, it was better than that, because um, when she puts it on the table and reveals the cake, um, what is it? Uh, she kind of just looks at it and starts crying. And then uh, Debbie, I think it's Debbie, yeah, says, Debbie's oh, like, I, d- you know, I know how you feel. I would be upset too. And she's like, no, it's the perfect likeness of uh, our childhood dog. That just reminds me, we, we've got quite far into the podcast, Gemma, without mentioning we did have an interview, interview with Sue Devaney earlier oh, yeah. this week, didn't we? Also for, for our 500. 500. Yeah. That was there a few, One of weeks, our favorite a few days ago. At the moment. Thank you very much, Sue she's Devaney. She's fantastic. Maybe mention you again later. So this, this dog is... I can't remember what his name is, but he no, was uh, very dear to their hearts. But he also was one of these dopey looking dogs with the tongue hanging out to one side. Um, she's like, it's a perfect likeness. <laughs> uh, they're like, try not to laugh at this. I know. <laughs> the party starts up and Fizz is given Phil. What would any bloke want? I'm surprised. I know that they have these shops in town. Like the gift shop for men that people don't like. What do, what can I get a man? I don't know. What do men even want? Go into the shop. It turns out what they really want is a drone or a dartboard or like one of these comedy corkscrews or a knife block. Oh, which one of them am I getting for Christmas? A knife block that looks like a man that you put the knives through. Yeah. Um. Actually, what men really want, which is what you're getting, is a framed photo uh, of I thought this the was... state um Dobbs family. I thought this was very sweet because Mimi's there saying, Oh, just wait until you see what presents I've got you and you'll see this is the best it present you've ever one. had. I'm but moving actually, to Weatherfield and the dream team's going to be back together again. It was Fizz's presence showed, you know, you're a member of the family now. It showed love. It shows like it's the little things that are the most important. But Mimi was being very extravagant with hers. Although did she actually give him anything apart she from She got him her? a cake. A cake and the promise of moving to Weatherfield. I thought, see, I, I thought there was some kind of story about her perhaps being broke or something because it, I don't understand why she's decided to move to Weatherfield. I don't know. I, I don't think it came up. No, I don't think so. Anyway, Mimi's doing a, sh- a slideshow and she's talking about about herself a lot of the time. Like, oh, no one believed I could get back to size ten after giving birth. To, to Phil, but there I am, look at me like that. And I thought it was cool seeing all the pictures of young Phil. I know. Jamie McKenna must have had to have raided his, uh, his old photo album. Tyrone um, pipes up and says, um, let's all toast to Fizz, uh, and then takes Mimi off to to have a word with her because she's being really obnoxious. He takes her into the back room and, he, and she says, he says to her, listen, you can't move to Weatherfield, it's going to be a disaster. And she starts going on, about how Phil has just become, a, she's like, he's a glorified babysitter to somebody with terrible taste in interior design. Florals and stripes. <laughs> I like that because Fizz definitely, that house is the worst decorated. <laughs> I know. It's not even like, the thing is, it's the worst well, decorated. I don't, know. I don't know. I think number five with Chesney and Gemma are pretty close. It's the worst decorated because there's an intention there and somebody has tried. That's the worst bit about <laughs> it. It's not like neglectful decor, like Gemma and Chesney's, where it's just like, well, this is what it looks like. Deal with it. It's like, somebody's gone. What would be nice in here? And that's what they came up with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind I'm with Mimi much. on it. I'm mm. with, me, with Mimi on it. You know, I do not like loud wallpaper. It's quite garish. 
but she found it so quaint when she first went in there. I think she was taking the mick. <laughs> so, um, Tyrone uh, says, oh, yeah, well, I found out what your real name is, Beryl, because he, he is on the cake. So they go back into the main room and it turns out everybody heard everything because she was holding onto the microphone shouting into it. Then Phil decides to stand up for Tyrone and then Tyrone tells Phil that he's won the jackpot with her, but I don't know whether you mean Mimi or Fizz. Fizz. You're lucky to have Fizz. Yeah. Back at number nine, Phil's like, I'm so sorry I didn't stand up against my mum. I, I was a coward. And Fizz is like, yeah, okay, I forgive you put it behind us, and feels like nobody will ever become between us again. Definitely not Tyrone. This whole week was full of, like, people saying things like, I hope that you haven't got a secret specifically to do with this thing that we've just talked about, or please tell me that you're not hiding who burned down Speed Dial, or <laughs> I'm so glad that my grandchildren are absolutely honest would never watch a man die on the floor in front of them. <laughs> um, so on Friday, uh, Sally's gossiping about Fizz in the factory. Well, she was just, Fizz, Fizz was there, wasn't she? Sally's just kind of saying whatever, try, trying to get the latest on a variety of topics. Um, Fizz says, look, I'm just grateful Tyrone stood up for me. It doesn't mean we're getting back together or anything. And also Mimi's bugged off because that just got fed up. Uh, <laughs> Tope's birthday. Phil's getting ready for the party. I'm, I'm surprised that Mimi didn't want to stick around and buy more dresses for this. Um, Fizz asks him how his pipes are doing <laughs> back at home. He's like, yeah, I'm all right. I, I, had, to, I had to clear out this morning. What do you mean? Oh. Um, well, Yasmin she... was asked about her movements as well. With the police and you, wasn't she? It's normally in the morning. Um, <laughs> he, she strongly suggests that he moves back into his own place. He looks very disappointed, but he sort of goes along with it. So he comes back down later. He's packed up. He thinks Fizz is dumping him. And he, she, he gives her the key back. And she's like, no, you need it. We're not, not, I'm not breaking up with you. We're okay. I, I, you can come and go as you please now. Uh, but she looks, she gives a look like, oh, might be the end when he's not looking, but we are. Then outside, Phil bumps into Tyrone, who says, I'm sorry about the show I made at your party. Phil says, don't worry about it. Uh, Fizz doesn't need you to defend her anymore, though. I'll do it. And then he walks off and Tyrone's like, say hi to Mimi for me, a big mummy's boy. <laughs> I don't know why he called her Mimi and not Barrow. I suppose the, they thought we'd forgotten. We would have forgotten by then. Maybe. Um, I like uh, the fact that um, he was only brave and shouting when Phil's walked up. I think Phil... Phil's about twice the height of Tyrone, isn't he? Phil is. Yeah, he's massive compared to him. Um, I, 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 I pretty much liked everything about this. Apart from... I see... I, it, it's, it seems just like utterly inevitable that this is Fizz getting back with Tyrone, isn't it? I wondered whether it was going to be a case of she gets so, so, so fed up with Mimi that she's driven away from Phil. But it seems like Mimi's out of the picture now. But because Tyrone has you know, stood up for her on Wednesday, Fizz has maybe realised, oh, I forgot what, that you, what, a, what a great man you were. And it's not that she's getting fed up of Phil, not that she's getting fed up of Mimi, but that she's those rekindling those old feelings for Tyrone, don't you think? Yes. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be happy either way, whether she stays with Phil or Tyrone. But we all know she's going to go back to Tyrone, doesn't she? Which is a shame. And I don't think that Phil's going to stay in the program. Or maybe he will because there's the um, he's still on the the the, the committee, isn't he, for the bypass going through the through the red wreck. 
So he could stay on the show for a little longer, but I don't think they really need him, especially if, if he's not I there. I just find him a Chris. bit of an enigma, really, because he's he's like, he's got this aristocratic mother who has obviously got a load of money, but she wants to move to Weatherfield. She's obviously really codependent, but he hasn't mentioned her before now. And she's super involved in him, but never speaks to him normally. Mm-hmm. Um why is she why is she want to move? I don't know if we're ever going to find out. Um, what happened to Eric? Because he wasn't there this week. No. Um, why why is Phil living in a flat that's like tiny? If he seems to be a man of means, do you know what I mean? He's got no real personality. He's like one of these blokes. He's just he's nice to I somebody else. I think that's else. why I like him because he's just nice. Yeah. Mm. He's somebody that we could. They could develop more from if they with if they wanted to. But it's a shame he say. didn't know it wasn't here when Alina was around because they'd be perfect for each other. They just got to be nice to each other. But can you imagine he Mimi was, if she around. saw? Can you imagine Mimi if she saw that picture that Tyrone? Mm-hmm. Tyrone <laughs> oh, how wonderful! <laughs> how unique! Where do you get that from? I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I was I was also disappointed that Evelyn's not here, and I didn't feel say oh uh, she's. She's not here at the moment. So it would have I... been fantastic to have had Mimi versus Evelyn. What dare I dare I hope they're saving it for Christmas Day? Of course they're not, because we know that Phil's whisking Fizz off somewhere. Or is he? Or is he? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I've got a feeling that maybe Fizz is gonna be staying back home with Tyrone, you know. Is it gonna be like um yeah, they're going to get to the airport and Phil's going to be getting on the plane and Fizz will turn around and say, no, I can't go with you, Phil. I want Tyrone. And she'll run back to him. I don't know. But yeah, I, I thought it could have been good if um maybe nobody was going to stand up to Mimi. Nobody dared do it until Evelyn came along. And then maybe the climax of the story would be that Evelyn absolutely wipes the floor with Mimi because me, Mimi had... She, she had all, all the power, didn't she? Up until the point where Tyrone stands up to her. I, I, I would have liked it if it had been Evelyn. But sadly, it looks like that. That scene will not happen. But sad. It is sad. Um, but <laughs> I enjoyed her for the six episodes, was it, that we had her? I like but the I, bit... As I said earlier, I can totally see how so some funny. people did not get on with her at all. There's that funny bit where something about uh, Fizz saying she scrubs up well or something, and then <laughs> Mimi says, oh, well, I guess. Some of us are life scrubbers and... Oh, I've gone funny. And some of us don't need to bother or something like that. That was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. So this is definitely um, a very classic case of um, a, a, a mother-in-law, even though she's not, um, not, it's like steamrollering everybody and the, the son not standing up for her, his other half. It can be really hard to stand up to your parents, though, can't it? Especially when you've got parents like her. I don't really blame him. I know, but no. For saying some, for not saying something. Well, you're wrong. Because who else is going to? I know, I know. In but these she, situations, she's obviously, she's obviously doted on him since he was little, and so. <laughs> so I know, but in this situation, when she's causing havoc and making people uncomfortable, and being very overbearing, he is really the only person who can stand up to her and put her in her place. And he, it's his responsibility and he's not doing it because he's too scared and he's like used to the status quo and he doesn't want to rock the boat. Mm. So I don't really blame Fizz for having second thoughts. I wouldn't if, if get involved in that nightmare. You, you want somebody who's going to 
look after you and have you back, aren't don't you? Well, she just look look forward to a lifetime of having Mimi pitch up for every special occasion, mm. bringing with her various accoutrements that cost way too much money. And expecting everybody to fall at her feet and uh, be forever grateful for the scraps that she throws at them. She didn't even give you a choice in. Mm. Well, there's no secret mother-in-law if she stays with Tyrone, does she? Because whether you're talking about Jackie or whether you're talking about Cassie, they're both dead. Sad. Although they did, somebody did mention Scylla this week as well, didn't they? And it's not like she's exactly the perfect um, example of motherhood. So all swings and roundabouts. <sighs> um, okay. since, since you mentioned the minge bag thing mm. i looked this up and there's a guardian article from 2019 written by david shariat uh mardari mm. and it's uh what coronation street's minge bag jibes tells us about the north south divide i think i feel, i think i read this at the time because apparently um up north it's a synonym for miserly. But I don't think that Tracy yeah, was so. using it as a synonym for miserly in the conversation that she had where she called... No. Oh, it's obviously, it's obviously morphed. It's evolved over, the, over the couple of years. But yeah. interestingly, it says here, the first time it was, it's been recorded as being used was in East Suffolk in 1903. Oh. And it just, mean, it just means like an annoying woman. Oh, right, right um, <laughs> hash job, hashes to ashes then. So um, what's going on with, with, with the Nazirs this week? Well, speed dial set on fire last week one it's all been taped off on monday morning sally well the, the the tongues are wagging about who it was that started it and sally's saying well it must have been Stu, mustn't it who else must it have been and yasmin's like oh yes it definitely must have been Stu. but uh oh i should never have left him i i thought that jasmine was being far too dramatic this week actually and um, jasmine was getting herself wound up all week but <clears throat> she had an excuse you know it's nearly it's the anniversary of jeff's of death that. and everything but yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, I should never have left him alone in the restaurant. You probably shouldn't, Yasmin. You just gra- any rando <sighs> off the street saying, yeah, take advantage like, of me. Go and cook up a nice um, whatever it was that he was making down there. She's like, I, I got a homeless man. I offered him free food. Then I, then I um, arranged for him to have a job interview without telling him for a job he didn't even ask for or apply for. Then my son insulted him to his face. Then I gave him the key to my restaurant and let him go there himself and cook whatever he wanted with whatever he wanted without actually arranging anything with him. But I can't work out where I've gone wrong. <laughs> um, Hashim shows up on the street. He just keeps popping out of places, doesn't like, he, this week? Hello, it's me. Oh, gosh. He was... <laughs> I think he died of the drama. He, I don't think he it was, was a heart be... attack. He he really he wanted to make sure that we understood every single syllable that he was saying this week, didn't he? He, yeah, he was an expressionate man. That's that's for sure. So he anyway, he's he's there on Monday. He wants to know from Zidane and Alia if uh, if this fire went as planned because it was his sons that did, obviously. And he's like, I don't care about what's happened to Stu. All I want is my money. Thank you very much. And also, this is all your fault because if you hadn't stolen that money from me those um, that time, then I wouldn't ever, I wouldn't be part of your life anymore. So meh. Imagine if Aiden had come into the show. Did, what happened? Because Aiden, imagine if Aiden had stolen the money from Hashim instead of Johnny for the factory originally. Well, Hashim's Hashim's taking it a lot harder than Johnny ever did. Johnny just turned up and went, "Well, it's my factory now." Hashim probably would have ended up with the factory roof on his head if that had been the case. Well, he's obviously destined to become a cropper because of just how irritating he was. <laughs> um, so Stu's awake at the hospital. The Stu and Kelly stuff doesn't really go very far this week, does it? There's a couple of scenes with him there saying, oh, 
people blame me for everything. Yasmin doesn't believe me. Um, why can't I just tell the truth and then people accept that? Um, and 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 Yasmin <coughs> says no. Yeah, this is actually this is sorry. This was the point where Yasmin was there, and Yasmin saying to him, "Why don't you just take responsibility for your actions?" And I was like. Yasmin, you're not listening at all. Why, why are you jumping to the conclusion that it was definitely him? <laughs> I know that. I know that it was. You know, with it, with the evidence that she's been presented with, it was probably most likely that that's what it happened. But it felt to me like she was flying off the handle a little bit too much. I wasn't, I wasn't really. It a was fan the moral this week. like. Uh, what's the word? The moral superiority or something. You know, like she was really, really having a go at him like she was so special and he was crap mm. and the comedy apparently is famous um so Zidane later on is trying to get Alia not to tell um anything about what really happened if Stu gets the finger pointed at him let's let him take the blame shall we and she's like no I can't can't let Stu take the rap for this then Debbie turns up and um starts groveling about the fact that it was her who took the van last week which was the um the catalyst for a lot of these uh, events that was weird she's like sorry 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 I'm sorry, really sorry, sorry I thought it was a laugh yeah, did it just for a joke because you took you took my patch at the Christmas market. And they're like, where is just it? Just behind the bistro. Oh, I could have looked there. I couldn't because there's no set for it. Zidane is absolutely what fuming. What a cunning place to hide it. Then Yasmin comes home later. She's pretty dejected after the whole hospital thing. Um, Zidane's feeling mega guilty about everything, but um, he's pleased to hear from her that Stu didn't see or hear anything, i.e. Hashim's son's coming on to set light for the place. Um, when the insurance company cough up, they will be laughing. And Ali's like, if they cough up. I can't imagine Zidane laughing at anything these days. No, no. <laughs> Wednesday just had a couple of scenes. Everyone's allowed to go into speed dial. It's all a bit burnt out and black. Maybe salvageable, possibly. But there was this this whole thing about the insurance to think about. And do we give Elaine the money because she wanted to sell out up and everything? Yasmin's still very, very frustrated over the whole stew business. And yeah, this is when he's with Kelly in the hospital saying, oh, when you're homeless, nobody takes you seriously, blah, blah, blah. Zidane is looking worried later when Yasmin talks about Elaine getting her share of the speed dial insurance money, though, for for, for Faye's uh, case. Well, she's like, I told kinda, her she could have it. He needs that money to give to Hashim. And and they're like, but Gran, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, I'm, I won't hear of it. I told her that she could have it so she can. Mm-hmm. It's like, this. The, these three people are so incompetent. They can't ever talk to each other about anything. We've got to make it a drama, haven't they? I know. Just, do, just go around secretly doing business deals with each other without saying anything and then wondering why it causes issues. Friday. This is when it starts. This takes another unexpected twist. <laughs> I, I, li- I had no idea where this story was going. E- ever since the start, every development in there is like, oh, okay. I'd, I'm not necessarily that I didn't expect it, but I, I didn't know that this was going to happen. I have seen no spoilers for this. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a surprise on Friday. It's the anniversary of Jeff's death and Coronation Street. Yeah, you know, 61st anniversary and everything. Yasmin's feeling a bit sad. She's been having bad dreams about him. She is wondering whether Hashim started the fire even and Zidane's like just drop it now Gran let the police uh, sort it out they think it was Stu or whatever leave it at that <laughs> and then we then we get that funny scene where Zidane's walking down the street and Hashim opens his car door in front of him to stop him and he's like aha I could come up from anywhere now I'm here in my car Zidane says look we've been as quick as we can can't speed things up anymore. And Nishim says, no, I need my cash back and I want my insurance money. We're only done when I say we are done. 
police yeah. comes to take Yasmin down the station. They've had word of what happened. May have been arson. Where did did this... we find out no, where that came from? No, in the I end? don't know. I don't think so. I wonder so. what they'll say. Maybe. Oh, well, it must have been Kelly because she was at the end of oh. Wednesday's episode having a go at them saying, oh, this is an insurance job. Oh, right. So I, I reckon Kelly cheeky, must have done it. She's a cheeky She stroke. is a little scallywag, isn't she, that Kelly? Don't you think she is? She, Kelly, who also left somebody to die, just like Alia did. They're just... Birds of a feather. Exactly. Um, so Alia's getting grilled at the police station as well. She says, oh, oh everything was going fine at Speed Dial. Wouldn't need to have claim on the insurance and everything. And... Uh, and they said, oh, well, we'll have to see your accounts then. She's like, oh, fine. But they're a little bit worried. Because, well, yeah, because uh, they're that they... day when some, somebody ate 20 grand's worth of onion exactly. barges and they don't really cash. want the police looking at that too closely. <laughs> um, so so um, Zidane's like says, oh, we can't get rid of these books, Alia. We can say they were burnt in the fire or something. <laughs> Um, they, they got no computer files, nothing back to the clouds or anything. I don't know how business is. Just imagine they're all standing there, like in the back garden with a bonfire, and they're burning the accounts. And then uh, Zidane comes out with all the pictures of his own old hairstyle and starts burning <laughs> them as well. I've moved on from then. Yasmin, meanwhile, is still insisting to this police officer that the fire was an accident. Officer says, "You've been having a bit of financial um, worries this year, haven't you? Um, after you know your husband died and everything." And um, nice big insurance payout, which maybe have been quite handy for you. I don't understand this because the insurance money will only be helpful if they don't use it to buy what they need to replace what got burned in the fire. Well, yeah, I think he's just assuming that she's going to take the money, use and... I know, but the thing is, though... Use some of it to pay off her debt. I understand this, but this is Weatherfield, where if she wanted to, she could just go and sell her business to somebody in the pub who's had a windfall... From their aunt who died that they never met, who just left them under grand. Hmm. And she'd be like, oh, what a coincidence. So I, I, I wanted to sell my business for 100 grand. They'd be like, well, you know what? It has been my life's passion to run a Pakistani street food restaurant. <laughs> so this just works perfectly for all of us. Well, um, obviously the policeman doesn't, doesn't watch Carnation He doesn't, he doesn't know. But I think he was new. I didn't recognise this policeman. I'm sorry, I'm new. I, I just assume it was an insurance job. <laughs> Back at home, Ali is panicking. And then they have this knock on the door and he's like, it's the big bad wolf. Let me in or I'll blow your house down. <laughs> so they let him in. He's a, it's a shame. This guy, he's, he's like really, really hamming it up, but he's missed panto season. Yeah, he is hamming Surely. it up. And like I said on the Facebook group, you can't spell Hashim without ham. So he's worried about this arson tip off. He's like, I don't need my family getting uh, being questioned or involved in any way implicated in this arson. Maybe we... don't get him set fires then. Yeah, exactly. Um, he says, right, I'm going to sort you out once and for all. And he gets reaches he in. Coffin and I'm like, oh, he's got what Stu's got. It's, getting, it's actually going round. I didn't even notice that. The first I, I thought said that. And you, I said, oh, he's coughing and yeah, stuff. So and you're like, like, Did he? And you said, no, he's just being dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're not doctors. And then he's really, really dramatic because he has a heart attack and conks out on the floor. Yeah. And Zidane's like, oh, Alia, we need to phone, phone an ambulance. And, and Alia's like, like, hang on. What if we don't? <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. Mm. Is that what Alia would say in this situation? Why I don't not know. just have the roles reversed? Yeah, it would maybe. I guess, I guess there's going to be a plot reason. Well, I think, I, I think we're maybe to believe that after everything that happened with the, the Jeff situation, she's kind of become well, hardened. Well, she did say, she's like, we don't need more evil men in this world. Let them die. It's like, wow, it's very feminist of you. <laughs> <laughs> wanting to kill I think all the she, men. she didn't realise that this side of her was buried deep inside her soul and it only needed somebody to be um, 
dying of a heart attack on a lounge floor for it to awaken within her. Alia's like, I'm going to rid the world of abusive men. One per year. <laughs> Round about Always beginning of December. Christmas. <laughs> Just as a treat. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, they're, they're like debating... Um, what should, should, we do? Should, should we try and save him, him or die? not um, but then they don't need to make the decision anymore because Ryan bursts in and is like oh look have you noticed Hashim's having a heart attack on the floor why aren't you doing anything about that and they were just like oh yeah we're just about to I know we're like thinking about it <laughs> And then I thought this was kind of good but they didn't bring it up because Ryan and Arlie had this with the doctor no the guy the drug dealer that died on the floor oh yeah 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 and Court, no, what was his name? Kurt, not Kurt. <laughs> no, not Ronan. Ronan was Ron- the dad, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Chris. Co- I don't COVID. remember. He fell out, he, he, I can't remember what happened. Somebody can tell us. They collapsed on the floor and Ryan, Ryan was like paralysed. Yeah, yeah, he didn't know what to do. And he called in, up Ali to come round, didn't yeah, he? And it was and too Ar- late. And Ali tried to save him because he's a doctor. Yeah, whereas this time Ryan's like, don't I know what to do. Again. I remember. I know what he did. He mm. went, ooh, 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 ooh. The thing and, is, and then, like, Ryan's so jacked, he probably just squashed right through him. Yeah, but Ryan, Ryan is not very bright, is he? He's not a doctor like his brother. No. He was just standing over him going, <laughs> it was like Ryan, you have to put your hand on his chest didn't, and, and push. Didn't work anyway, did he? Because um, he died. Dies. Oh, he saw that coming. What a Christmas death! Yeah. Um, so anyway, the, the, the Ali is like, right, we can uh, we can take advantage of this situation. I'm surprised she didn't suggest they like roll him down the road or stick him in the sinkhole or. It did. It did. It did give me um, Callum vibes. Because, you know, the layout of their house is very similar to the layout of the Platt's house. And with him conked out on the floor there, and there were three of them like, what do we do now? It just reminded me of when, yeah, when Callum was there and you had David and Sarah and Kylie saying, what do we do with this dead body? I guess it's kind of refreshing that they went, well, we obviously phoned the police first. Feed him to the chickens, that's what I say. Um, but no, Ali is there's right. We're going to make out that it was him that burnt down Speed Dial. We're going to put the keys to Speed Dial in his pocket on his car or something with his, and, with his fingerprints yeah yeah exactly and um yeah then it was and we'll say oh he kicked the door down today saying that um you were supposed to be in speed dial when the fire went and then like that the made me think oh they, they interviewed and the dad's like yeah mm, i don't know who did burn down or if anyone indeed perhaps it was an accident but Hashim was saying things that might have led me to believe it could have been him. Hang on a minute. I think it might have been him. Write that down in your notebook, officer. What what exactly did he say? And he's like, well, I burned down speed dial and your next. You don't think that that means. um, Can you smell petrol on me? Because I swear maybe I'm Lady Macbeth in it, but I still feel the stench on my clothes. Yeah, so he um, he they they do their best to drop him right in it. Meanwhile, Yasmin's still being interviewed. I can't help but think this was a massive mistake. I I really think they should have just gone. Oh, he's dead. No more questions. Leave it at that. Because as it is, surely if it turns out it was a crime that Hashim committed, I, d- I think that's going to mess up the insurance claim. For Maybe. Also, he didn't actually do it. His sons did, and if his sons think. That they've killed him in like retribution, even though they didn't, even though they kind of did. Aren't they gonna? I mean, come after them too. Yeah, they know Hashim's where they sons live. Sons are like, are they gonna be like, 
well, you know what? I did get sick and tired of being bossed around by my oppressive father. <laughs> Actually, what I wanted to do is become a veterinarian and save rabbits. <laughs> yeah, me too, brother. Maybe, maybe this is our chance to I never to wanted escape. to be a criminal. I wanted to be an opera singer. <laughs> Um, anyway, they're just getting interviewed for the rest of the episode and, and lies upon lies for Zidane and Alia, really. Do you think that Zidane the... thinks that it's all fine and Alia's like, no, what have we, what has happened? What have I become? Is how she ends the episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm. Have I become an interesting character yet? Please, I have become an interesting character. Oh, not quite, I like quite the way Alia. also... Nearly. She kind of refers to herself as an evil genius at one point. I like know. A really, like, oh, I wish I wasn't such an evil genius. Life would be so much easier for me. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Oh, they... And she's like, she also, immediately after, she decided, and evil geniusly masterminded this entire plot, immediately following that, she then starts to say, I can't do it, I can't do it. Like, you haven't even tried. It's far too stressful. I've been an evil genius for the last five minutes and I don't think I can take it anymore. Literally, all you had to do was go, he came in, started shouting and dropped dead. What was he shouting about? Well, I cheated on his daughter and he was mad about it. Completely true. Mm. Don't be going around with keys and fingerprints and hiding stuff and suggesting things. Yeah, you, when, you panic, don't you? You panic and accidentally set somebody up for arson. Yeah, yeah. But the pressure is too much for Alia and now she wants first ticket straight back to Blansville. Uh-huh, I preferred <laughs> it when I was just embroidering pants. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's kind of stupid and also funny, but it's like... Uh... Did you enjoy the twist of this? Did you see? You didn't no, know I didn't. any spoilers or anything about no, this, did No, of course I didn't. I didn't know that he was going to die. I'm kind of going to miss Hashim just because how um, he was so campy. embarrassingly awful he I was don't think at it was times. Im- I, don't, I just think... He was just like... It depends on what they told him. Like, did they say, right, hand this up because we want a proper camp villain? I'm sure... It's all very well me saying this and everything because he's not trying to intimidate me, but I don't think that I'd find him that scary. If That's he, was, what, yeah, if he this kept the appearing trouble. on the street and looking up at me. Like some people, some characters on Coronation Street can like scare the crap out of you because you use the wrong fork to eat your dinner. <laughs> Mimi would. Yeah, but I wouldn't be scared of even Hashim coming around going, I'm going to burn you in your house. Like, go on then. I'll get CCTV footage and find out it's your, <laughs> your sons, you stupid idiot. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll miss him in a way. I, I, I didn't know where the story was going to go and... I still don't, but are we, is it going to be Alia having this crisis about... I know, I can't really the, the, be, be, be doing with that. I don't need Alia and also, searching inside are we herself. Have for the rest of the, like, until it gets revealed, Zidane, like, uh, Yasmin coming up to Zidane and Alia and going, you two are my only reasons for living and you would never lie to me. I hate liars and people that commit arson and also watch people <laughs> die on the floor. Well, she's also got to um, go and say sorry to Stu, hasn't she? That's something that's got to happen because the last thing that <laughs> was left was she was saying, you definitely did it, why won't you admit that you did it? So um, The thing is, it was a bit weird that Stu was like, no, I definitely didn't, I definitely didn't. Like, most people would be like... Gosh, I don't think I did, but if I, if I did, I'm sorry. Like, I might have left the stove on and not realised. <laughs> you know what I mean? The fact that he was so definitely sure that he definitely, definitely didn't do it was a bit suspicious. <laughs> I'm wondering still about whether he's going to... Because nobody gonna... means to do anything by accident. That's yeah. the whole point. I'm wondering still whether he's going to die or not with this, with this cough or whether he's kind of, we're kind of over I that I told now. you. But I don't, I don't know whether... No, but I'm thinking I used to be more sure that he was going to, but now I think maybe this storyline doesn't need another death. Yeah, not two deaths what would you solve weeks. as well? Because like it's not gonna um, do anything with 
Blondie. Kelly. Because she's already not homeless anymore. Mm. That didn't take very long, did it? No, she's fine now. Being homeless in Weatherfield is like being Dorothy. You just have to click your think your shoes together <laughs> and think of home. Do you think that um do you think that Speed Dial is gonna be back open again? Have Probably. you seen the last of it? I hope so. It's, it's not even it... overdue a renovation. That's it's not been there for that day. long, is it? It's no. only been a few years that we've had it, but hope we get I can it think again. Because now there's only one place down. for people to go to have dinner. That's the most important thing, isn't it? But you can get your hot you... pot. But they don't. Boys, if you want to go bistro. somewhere fancy, it used to be Bistro or Speed Dub, but now it's only Bistro. Debbie's laughing. I, I think she was the arsonist. I think she secretly has Sheem's son. You reckon? Yeah. I reckon so, yeah. Also, can we ha- can we please solve this problem that Coronation Street has of not having a universal guide to pronounce people's names? We've had Hashem, Hashim. <laughs> we have Yasmin, Yasmin. I know. Some of it's accents, but a lot of it is just they don't, don't know how seem to, to know how name. to say people's names. <laughs> and it's not like... The thing is, the reason they don't is because it's all written down in a script. But actually, in real life, they only know each other's names because they hear them said out loud. Yeah. Well, that's enough about Arlaya and Zedon. Should we move on to the next story? <laughs> Gemma, you can take Curtis in the case of the munchies. Curtis. <laughs> right, so... We had the ice story. That was the ice ball earlier. Um, Curtis tells Steve and Emma... Oh God, he's such a stupid twonk, isn't he? I'm going to do the Three Pigs Challenge to earn more money for Oliver's fund. Now, I, go, I don't think this is a universally famous thing, is it? The Three Pigs Challenge. But it's quite a famous thing to do in the UK. It's, um, you have to go, where is it? Mount Snowdon in Wales. It's the tallest mountain in Wales. Tallest mountain in, in England, which is Scaffold Pike, surely. And then um, tallest mountain in Scotland, I'm going to say. I don't know, but it probably starts with a Ben. Is Three that Peaks right? Challenge. Yeah. I'm just looking it up, Michael. Live looking it up. So he's going to do this to earn money for yeah, all of his funds, he up. says. Ben Nevis, Scaffold Pike. So Ben Nevis. Nine miles. Scaffold Pike, six miles. And Snow. I thought you were joking when you said No, you I didn't forgot. Know. Ben Nevis is the tallest mountain in the whole of the British Isles, isn't it? Yes. It's the Three Peaks Challenge, is an event in which participants. Attempt to climb the highest mountains of England, Scotland, and Wales within twenty-four hours. I thought it was odd that so um, you climb, you climb up, and then you get driven to the next bit, and then you climb up that one, and then you drive, and then you climb up, and you got to do it in a day. I thought it was I odd that he that. he came to do his challenge today. I know we didn't really do it, but he made the decision to do it very soon before Monday decides. Friday, he's done. He's doing it. Yeah, yeah. But some the people thing need is, to train months for that. Yeah, but the, the, I think he's quite time efficient because you just say you're going to do it and then you don't do it and mm-hmm. it, tell you, it reduces the amount of time you've got to train for it. Yeah, also he doesn't know how long he's got left. Well, if he thinks he's really sick. Moving Which he on. doesn't. So, so he's, he's going to do, do it for Oliver's fund. Um, Emma worries he's going to die and he's like, don't worry about it because I'm not going to do it. Um, what did I say? No, I'll be fine. Um, Steve's like, you're a legend. And he's probably mad that he didn't think of it because he was into like his extreme sports, wasn't he? And he that's how cycling, they yeah. that's how they met, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Steve and Curtis knocked into each other yeah. while they were doing a cycling race. Um, Todd touts for business. <laughs> this is so great because Todd's there in the in the bistro, and I think it's Emma and Curtis talking about um, how he's going to die and everything. And he tells like, interesting. Here's my business card. If you ever need a cheap funeral. Well, the, 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 the support group lady's there, isn't she? Well, she comes in because Emma's called her to talk to him about the challenge and, and she wants um, him to write a piece about 
what he's doing for the the, the newsletter. And he's like, brilliant, yeah. And then Todd's like, oh, support group for people with terminal illnesses, eh? ching Group discount, maybe. <laughs> um, so Curtis is telling the woman about his condition and it's life-limiting, there's no cure, but it hasn't stopped him falling in love with Emma. How fabulous. Um, Emma's like, oh, I've bought us matching water bottles so we can do the challenge together because I'm really well fit because I do yoga. And he's like, no, I'm doing it by myself. Wednesday, we've then we get a bit of um, more extended Barlow clan stories because Amy has got two A's and a B in her predicted results. So everyone's excited and Tracy and Steve were talking about whose side of the family is influenced. Oh, that led to a nice, funny little conversation. It was it? really good because... Tracy's um, saying, I've got Ken on my side and, and Steve's like, like, you're not actually related to not related to, to anybody. And you're... She's like, oh, but we grew up in a culture where learning was encouraged. It's like, what well, I'm to you then. And, um, and Steve, um, what was Steve saying about... Um... His brother was... Oh yeah, I've got Andy, my twin, yeah. It's his birthday this <laughs> week. When's it your birthday, Steve? <laughs> um, so... Amy reveals that she wants to go to study business at UCL, which is University College of London, I think. Um, it's quite a good school. Tracy and Steve are chuffed until Steve realises the L stands for London. <laughs> um, and Tracy's like, right, brilliant. Um, I want to sell that flat, I guess she say. I want to sell the flat, or I've got the money from somewhere, and I'm going to pay for Amy's university. And Steve says... Yeah, because she's, she's kicking Billy and Summer out of the flat. But I think she? this is money that we, they've already got because it's stuff oh, that... Yeah, oh, I don't money know. that... So, I don't know. Yeah, money Steve's already earmarked. Steve says, well, she should get a loan. And Tracy's like, no way. Um, why don't we use Deirdre's money? And then they say, that's saved for a house. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I'm pretty sure that Deirdre left it to her for her, her education. But never mind. Then he, she realises that Steve looks shady and she finds out, he admits that he's offered to pay for Emma's increasingly extravagant and Dream ultimately wedding. pointless first wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy on Friday tells Emma about Amy's ambitions and uh, Emma's all like, oh, it sounds so expensive. Oh, And she's like, yeah, it is. And Steve's got something to say to you. And then Steve's like, I've got to go buy milk and runs away. Um, Curtis's doctor, meanwhile, the one that saw him and told him that he's making it up, is phoning him and Curtis is on the other end going, no, no. And the doctor's saying, you need to go and see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And he says, no, there's nothing wrong with me. It's my heart. It's my heart. And he puts the phone down on him when Emma comes in to start going on about the fact that Amy wants to go to London, etc. Then um, Tracy's trying to get Steve to talk to Emma and say, tell her that we can't pay as much as you said that we could for the wedding, she's got to rein it in a little bit. Um, so in the bistro, they break it to her. Amy walks in as this conversation is going on and listens in secretly. And Emma's like, oh, I was going to have five bridesmaids. I wanted Audrey to be one of them, but I guess it doesn't make sense. So Amy joins them later on and says, listen, I want to go to university nearer um, than London because I want my sister to have a great wedding. And Tracy's like, no, don't let Amy throw away her future on a on a guy who might peg it at any second. And awkward, um, awkward. Curtis is looking awkward and, and a bit guilty because he's the one that's going to peg it. Yes. Curtis then goes to pack for his walk. Amy comes in and says, look, sorry about that. Uh, I hope there's no hard feelings and it's all cool and everything. And I don't really know what they agree on in the end, but it just seems really stupid to me that Emma's... At no point has anyone suggested that Emma pay for her own wedding. 
all that all that Amy pays for her own university education gets a loan like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, and, and obviously Curtis hasn't got somebody, any money. Somebody mentioned the loan, didn't they? And Tracy's like, oh, we don't want her paying that back until she's 50. It's, like, oh, it's well, not, like not quite else. that bad. But yeah, and also, yeah, look, most I would say most students get a student loan. I don't know why she thinks that Tracy's so special. Amy. Amy's so special. No, I? I agree. I think it's really ridiculous to have Tracy... I said this before as well about Coronation Street, is that it's got really mixed up and weird attitude to money and class, considering that all the people that live on the street are, like, pseudo-working class, like, like acting like they're working class, but actually owning businesses and pots mm. of money and, like, lifting cash out of, you know, left, right and centre to pay for their kids' getting No, not many people. It's a very, very rare thing. And I, I know that... It, you know, we have a relatively low cost for university compared to America, say, but it's never been more expensive to go to university here. No. It's like nine grand a year for tuition to start with, and that's how much ours was in total. Mm. So it is expensive, but it's a very small amount of people that can just pay for their kids to go to university outright. I know. And the fact that, you know, we're supposed to think that Tracy and Steve are just like good old working class you know, proper sort of the earth northerners. I don't think so. They're business owners. They're, you know, they're very well off. Mm. And the fact that also that, you know, she's acting like blimmin' Scrooge, the, um, what's it called? Landowner, when she's shouting in the street going, I'm going to evict you before Christmas. <laughs> like she owns property and oodles of cash. Yeah. It's very weird. It's very, and then and then we're supposed to think that Mimi is actually frightful because she's buying party dresses and, and cakes. <laughs> anyway, um, Curtis packing. Amy comes around. No, no, what? No, no, no hard feelings. Um, then he goes off to his goes off the Curtis tram stop. Curtis goes off they? like goodbye. Emma's I'm gonna wrapped around him, going, "Oh, you're so brave. Oh, oh doing my, so much oh, boo, you're so, you're so, oh, I love, I love that's you. Lie, yeah. Um, Steve says he's proud of him because um, he's made his target for where's he gonna where's he gonna get this money from? It's Oliver's what money. Do you mean? He's doing his sponsored walk-ins. He's not actually going anywhere though, is he? No, he's gonna have to well, come up with some excuse. I know, but who is sponsoring him? I assume that he's lied that he's got this money. Yeah, he has lied. I well, think. exactly, that's what I'm saying. So where's this money? Oh, I don't from? know. <laughs> he's gonna anyway. So he's. he's I like, suppose nobody's gonna check that he's done it. Has he got? Has he got to like take photos of himself at the top of each of the three mountains? Well, you would think that you would do. Yeah. What would you say? Oh, I love my camera at home. <laughs> um. So he gets his sack, rucksack on his back, and sort of walks into <laughs> walks into the dead dead alley at the back of the um the tram tram stop. Um, that's how you can tell he's lying. He's not even connected to anything. Um, then he's standing out. He's standing outside Roy's, but I don't think it's supposed to be. Um, no, the well, it's, it. it's the back of Kitchener Street again. Isn't it? And he he meets up with the guy who's the charity worker called something Richard. I can't remember. Um, and the guy's like, "Oh, why have you got all this stuff?" And he's like, "Oh, he's going to do a talk about my condition and about how you can carry things with you, but you don't need to, or some kind of metaphor." Um, because we, yeah, it's revealed that he's not actually going to climb a mountain. He's going to do a talk. So I hope that he does not have this go online because that might be difficult to explain. Mm. I'm not finding this particularly interesting in the slightest. This is just getting like really weird. Like he is not, 
this is where this is where again they're confusing two different things um factitious disorder or munchausen's with like being compulsive liar or having some kind of weird yeah i i would i would have said that up until this point it's like it's kind of understandable and he's having to co- you know cover his tracks a little bit no not even that it's like he's trying to find ways to explain his slightly odd behavior but he really does think that he's ill and everything but i think but this is the the end of this episode today was the first time that we've out and out seen him purposefully mislead people, yeah. people. is that like, right so you are a wrong one now are you so i i yeah i don't know um i i, I think it's even less likely now that once this all comes <laughs> out and i'm still thinking it's going to happen at the wedding that yeah he's he's going to be out of here it's it, you can't trust him. No, you can't. It's quite, it's quite funny. I do like a good old uh, com- compulsive liar. I think they make life more exciting. Um, but I don't know what his end game is. I don't know how he's going to get away with it. Um, I just hope that they don't put down a large deposit for um, any of the extravagant oh, wedding I proceedings. It's going to be too late. I think they will. I also think it's. I just think it's also really weird that. Everybody's super into the idea, well, apart from Tracy, that Emma needs a really expensive wedding. Well, I mean, you might as well because he's going to be dropped dead any minute. So he might as well spend all the money on him that he would have spent him for the rest of his life now. Is that how it works? Yes. I just, I don't, I think you can, I think you should have the wedding you can afford and want. I know. Also, don't get married like. You know, six months after you meet somebody. Maybe you <laughs> spend a little time to save up. Yeah, but he's gonna die at any minute. Oh gosh. I know that I know that this story, kind of story also has a tendency to bring out of the woodwork the people who um, you know, you, you say, Oh yeah, you don't have to spend a lot of money to have a nice wedding and then all these people come out they're like, We had three picnic tables and a pile of dog poo on a plate <laughs> and we're still married 25 years later but I hate his guts. <laughs> like, have a nice wedding if you can afford it. We had a nice wedding. But the thing is that we never did was we never looked at other people's weddings and went, oh, did no, we? No. I've got no idea what anyone else spent on their wedding. I'd never went to anybody else's wedding. I didn't look up people's weddings. I just had what wedding I wanted and you wanted. We put it in a and spreadsheet what your and made sure we didn't wanted. spend over what we needed. <laughs> yeah, so. that's what we did. We, we went, how much money have you got? Well, in that case, this is the budget for mm. stationery or whatever. Mm. Not like, oh, we must have this thing or, oh, let's just write on the back of a receipt and send it out <laughs> right we're moving on grace period over now Aww. so monday the baileys are there with adam they've said right we need to make it so that grace is gonna um relinquish her daughter to us and no takesies backsies and yep. adam's like oh yeah i can make a letter about that oh, just, no just give me an hour backsies, uh, adoption uh, letter i've got yeah. loads of those i can knock one of those like a split and, and he does he, he, he comes home um He's, he's got the letter the letter later. Ed's managed to get himself 20 grand in a brown envelope. Aggie's heartbroken by the whole thing, but Aggie is glad just to see Ed. the back. Ed, sorry, is glad to see the back of Grace. <laughs> just called him Eggie. Eggie. <laughs> <laughs> That's their shipping name. Eggie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, if, that, if, if Eggie was their shipping name and they and um, went the story where Michael and James were conceived, Eggie yeah. Bread. 
<laughs> so Grace comes over later. She she takes the money. She's a bit teary. She doesn't really want to leave uh, Grace, but it's like she really isn't that into being a mum, basically. Mm. Aggie gives her a chance to say goodbye to Glory properly, and Grace blubs. Oh, I don't think so. I just I just want you to make her happy, Aww. and then she she kind I of sobs off. I did a little bit. I, I know mean, she's been she's, she's made naughty. some bad choices. But um, yeah, she got a bit of a rough exit, really. Michael chases her off to the um, tram station because he comes home later, finds out about it, goes off to her and he says, oh, you can't just leave it like this. Is this me mum that did this? And she's like, no, it's my decision. It's for the best. Get on with your life. And then that was it. That was the last we got to see of her. And um, back at home, Ed and Aggie are saying to Michael, look, this is for the best. Um, and he's, he's saying that they're pleased that Grace is gone. So um, Wednesday, there's not really much that's happened. Michael's just struggling with being a single dad, isn't It becomes apparent at, at this point he, he's that not Michael done much has parenting up to this point. never been left alone overnight with his own daughter, <laughs> which I think was a massive miscalculation on the part of Ed and Aggie that they thought that he was that... I mean, he's, he's a really great dad and everything, but he definitely felt like the sort of dad who was a babysitting dad. And I think we had the conversation on our Facebook group before about the fact that the phrase babysitting his daughter was used to describe what Michael was up to. Mm. And it's like, no. <laughs> so he's, got, he's you, got a rude awakening now. He, he He's obviously a good hands-off dad, but can he actually cope with the realities of having to look... And obviously the sad thing is that Glory doesn't know where... Grace is gone and she misses her. No matter how good of or bad of a, da- a mum Grace was to Glory, Glory doesn't know any better and she misses her because she, she was used to having, you know, the, the scent and the, the appearance of her yeah. mum and, the, you know, and the cuddles and everything and being fed. And Michael is he's obviously a bit of a stranger to her. I don't know. It was very damning, I thought. But they did have a really nice scene at the end of Wednesday's episode. Yeah, they did. There was just like, you know, a little 20 second scene or whatever with a, with a lullaby playing on the... On the um, the mobile and she's yeah. in the cart and he's like saying, oh, your mum still loves you. Well, because he finds out about what Grace had done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He finds that out and... Um... And they show him the letter and say, she's never coming back. Yeah, yeah. And then he's... And then at the end of it, even though he knows what Grace has done, he's not... He's not like, it's just you and me now, Glory, your horrible mother, mother's left and she's never coming back. You know, like he's still... He's being really decent and he's mm. not um, making, making her mum a villain. Yeah. And he's trying his bestest, but I just do worry. Do you think that Aggie did the right thing? Getting this letter, Why is it getting Aggie? rid of Grace. Why well, is it Aggie? Aggie. 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 Do you think that Ed and Aggie did the right thing here? I I don't know that they. I think they could have got away with haggling a bit more. <laughs> 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 I I I don't know. I think it's the right thing if you're not fit to be a parent. But you can have parenting classes and things. I I just felt that she went very quickly from being a parent to being a terrible parent to leaving. I do think it I felt a bit like she got shortchanged by the program a little bit here because she was saying oh, I can't cope with it, you know, I'm fed up and we we kept we kept seeing her dumping Grace uh sorry, Glory onto Ed and Aggie expecting them to look after her and babysit her, you know, without any notice and stuff. But actually, the fact that Michael never seemed to have looked after her for, by himself overnight, because he's like, oh, she woke me up like 15 times in the night. I can't imagine what Grace has been through if she was being woken up 15 times a night and she's the only parent who's looking after her when she's at home, you know, dropping your kid off for, you know, an evening here and there, even if it's every evening and the night. 
Mm. If you're going home and you're the only parent looking after this baby, you are going to brown out really quickly. Yeah. How on earth are you supposed to look do it by yourself? It's stupid. This idea, this modern idea that we have that, you know, you're supposed to do it yourself or pay for somebody. And if you can't pay tough, it's not right. People, this isn't how humans used to live, surely. We mm. used to look after each other's children. Well, maybe uh, maybe Michael's going to be cracking out the old glory can before we know it. Gonna, like, going you know, cruising like, off Grace down. was onto something there. Oh, I just felt I just feel really sorry for Grace. I think that she's been screwed over. Yeah, she was she was an all right character, wasn't she? I just don't see the problem. She literally said, oh, "Look, I'm not coping with this. I need to." I help. know that she was a bit of a manipulator and everything. She was a horrible blackmailing bitch. She was. <laughs> she she did make Michael think for quite a long time that Tiana was but his I daughter, and actually I do she feel wasn't. A little bit but... like. The, the Baileys have been a bit arsehole here with her. And I know this is going to be really controversial and we're not supposed to... Because you know what I'm like? I'm always contrary. I cannot help myself because I'm a Libra. But I feel like she got shafted here because they, they're acting like we're giving you all the help. We're, we're doing everything we can for you and you just take, take, take. Like they're giving her somewhere to live. Mm. She said, I, I, she came to them and said, I'm moving because I've not got anywhere to live and I haven't got a job. So I'm going to go live with my family um, where I've got support and somewhere to live. And they went, no, 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 you can't. You mustn't. You have to stay here. And then they gave her somewhere to live and they gave her some money and they look after the kid every now and then. But she's supposed to be forever grateful that they're supporting her like you would do if she was actually in your family. <laughs> they're the ones that wouldn't let her move. Yeah. That You know, Michael's the one that... Um, is deciding that he's a great dad even though he's never had his baby overnight by himself. Mm-hmm. I just think, of course she went nuts <laughs> and, like, couldn't cope. I also feel sorry for her a little bit because I've got a feeling that she might get killed off. Because <laughs> I know, I it's, so I mean, well. it, it's a case of the Kirsties, the I thought you said the, the curse of the Kirsties. What well, is the Kirsty curse, isn't yeah. it? Kirsty goes off, leaves Tyrone with the baby. <laughs> She's dead. Katie is, is there with uh, with Joseph. Dead now. Now Chesney's looking after him. It's you know it's happened time and time again on Coronation Street. Yeah. They, they want to get rid of the one particular parent. Natasha's just fallen foul of the Kirsty curse, hasn't she? Yeah. And um, I think it was a yeah. Long watch your back, Kirsty. Grace. I I just think it's interesting that you can frame this story in in different ways, can't you? And I just think if you were Grace, you would have a very different perspective of what actually happened here than Aggie and Ed seem to. Mm. And as far as Michael is concerned, it came out of bloody nowhere for him. One minute, everything's hunky-dory. He's paying paying Grace rent money for for a place that it turns out she scammed off his parents. (laughs) They've been lying to him the whole time about what's actually going on. Yeah, yeah. Bonkers. It's <laughs> just bonkers. Right, Gemma, let's round off this street talk with a very brief summary of what's going on in Sarah Lou's life at the moment. Let me tell you. Friday. Sarah. Oh, I feel sick in the morning. Lady. Are you? Have you got morning sickness? Sarah. No, I don't. Hang on. Maybe I do. Adam. I might be up the duff. Let's do a test. Let's go I to the... I thought that was Adam saying that I'm up the duff. <laughs> like you were Why announcing not? it in a play script. No. Um, let's go to the pub. Isn't it sad? We don't have a baby. Emma, say ding. Let's go bang. Yeah. They're gonna get a they're gonna get a, an app that says when they should do it, shouldn't they? <laughs> to have a baby. <laughs> just say I, like I hope how they just all make... they have to do is say, gosh, this would be a terrible time to have a child. Or Sarah needs to go shagging about. 
than mm. instant pregnancy. <laughs> I like how they they have these long um, discussions about the importance of you know should they 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 just decide, don't they? They're like there's no. I would have thought that if parents, if if people decide they want to be parents, they might not just decide it on a whim. I think a lot of people assume that they're going to have children and then it's just a matter of when. Did, I was trying to... Did Sarah think that she was pregnant earlier this year? Because you couldn't find... I couldn't find it. But it kind of makes me feel like, yeah, th- this has I, been that mentioned rings before. a bell, but... But it's, they're, they're, as we've said many times, this is a couple that has been woefully neglected. Not that I'm bothered particularly in this case. And I can't remember very much about what's going on in their lives. So um, it looks like maybe Sarah is going to have a baby. Or maybe she's not. I mean, well, maybe... this is the thing. Is this a story about Sarah getting pregnant? Or is this a story about Sarah not being able to get pregnant? Or is this a story about Sarah's actually got a horrible illness that is only uh, manifests in the morning with morning sickness? Maybe. I don't know. Or has she got a dodgy pregnancy test? Could be. Could be. We'll have to wait and see. Um, sadly, I fear that this is going to be a main story next week and I'm uh, it's going to have to do a lot to interest me. Let's just put it that I way. I just want to say, if I was Emma, I'd be violated. Why? Because they made her inadvertently part of their shagging session by getting her to oh, yeah. sort of like ring the bell for them to go off and bonk each other. Like, I've got one, no part of your disgusting... Filthy bedroom. <laughs> it's going to be like you know, a trained dog, isn't it? That when it hears the ding, it, Shag. it starts so drooling. If they ever tell, not that I can imagine that they would do, but if Emma ever finds out that she dinged them to go and bang and they actually conceive a child and, and birth it to this world, if she finds out, she'll be like, oh, does that make me the godmother? <laughs> I hope that Sarah and Adam haven't got any bus trips coming up because then people are dinging the bell there to, uh, be like, to tell the driver to stop. I can't stop. wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> They'll just be rutting on the back seat. Disgusting. <laughs> okay, right. What are we giving this week's Coronation Street? Gemma, have you got any... Uh... Any inklings of where you go? And because I like this. It's quite fun. I thought it was a good week I, I, on the on the whole. There but was it wasn't. Death. It wasn't a great week. There, there was, was a leaving. There was a there was a party with a dog's dog dog cake. cake. There was. Uh, what else well, all there? the serious stuff with with Daniel, which I, I thought yes. for Wednesday's episode, it was done very very well. It was I'm just, so glad um, they didn't they didn't swept make under it the carpet a little bit on Friday. I'm so glad. That, yeah, but I'm glad it came to a swift end because I was finding it infuriating no I, I could have, i could have seen that for longer i, I enjoyed daisy this week um I, I but some of the other stories like i i i can't i can't <laughs> get interested in the um the curtis storyline even oh, though i why? love tracy i like, love amy i like emma as well on the whole but this isn't doing it for me and the same with the hash job story yes there was an exciting death there that i didn't see coming but I, I just don't particularly find I don't I can't find Zidane likable when we're supposed to be you know what gunning happened? for him, not gunning for him, we're supposed to be supporting him. Um, Alia I can't find interesting, and even Yasmin who had a fantastic twenty twenty. I'm like stop I'm being not, an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, and and stop being so dramatic about things. It's just it's just not clicking with me that story. It just seems to me as though Yasmin's job at the moment is to walk around saying to people, "I'm glad you're not doing insert thing you're doing." Yeah, but there 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 was there was a lot of good. Um, but I am going so I'm going to give this week's Coronation Street, um, three mulled champagnes. Out of five. Absolutely repulsive. Mm. What about three. you? Three. Three. No, three and a half. 
Three and a half. Okay, Three and yeah, a half mulled champagnes. I couldn't finish the third one. I just collapsed in a drunken stupor. Sounds about right. I'm going to give it four shades of teal. <laughs> four, that's pretty good. I'm pretty, I was pretty, I thought it was good. Uh, like I said, um, I was finding, I was hating the Daniel storyline because I thought it was going to be, be prolonged for too long. And it, I just, uh, the, the thought of being accused of something like that and having it drag on for you know months yeah i think i might i don't know i we, we gave i gave mimi my character of the week last week and i can't really give it to her again this week even though she kind of is um i think that i might give my character of the week to daniel just because i enjoyed watching him so much and i like how he was uh you know he, he 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 stuck to his his version of events he stayed relatively cool um he was very professional um yeah, I'm, I'm going to give Daniel my character of the week, I think. I, I enjoy Daniel. I'm going to give it to Mimi again. Well, you gave, you didn't give it to Mimi last week, did you? You gave, gave it to, it to Coco last week. So um, Mimi's now had two votes, and I don't think she's going to be back in it again, sadly, think, unless we're going to get this might, high noon showdown I, with Evelyn. I Evening. think she might come back to take Phil away uh, after Fizz turns her back on him to go back to Tyrone. I do hope so. Which... <sighs> After all that he did, to just tell a lady that she's called Beryl, does that really, <laughs> does that really counteract everything? No. I, I tell you what, one thing I did think about that scene was it was a little bit cliche with her having the microphone there. That's like, <laughs> that's been done like, before, hasn't it? On, Back in is, the room, it's like, oh, what, everybody heard me. Don't, don't take microphones. And it's a good job that she didn't say, Tyrone, I can't, I have to go to the toilet. <laughs> I mean, I know that nothing in soap is original these days because it's all been done at some point in the various soaps over the past 60 years. But do? yeah, I, I felt that was a little bit cliche, but I, I didn't mind because... Um, because I was enjoying watching the scenes anyway. So, that is it for this week's Street Talk. I think we're done. You get anything else to add about this week's episodes, Gemma? No. No? Well, in that case then, let's do some news. Time for the news. Right, we're going to do a quick news today because we've got so much feedback. But Simon Gregson is in the jungle. He's still there. He's in the final four, Gemma. We've not been watching any of this, but Rebecca's been telling us about what's been going on. So, if you have not been watching this, but you want to find out... I don't know why you can just find out for yourself. But I suppose you could say that about all our news. He has been in. He's done a challenge with Arlene Phillips. He had to dress up as Humpty Dumpty and collect different nursery rhyme books that Arlene was describing through the medium of song. And he won some mini eggs for that, Gemma. Uh, they're called quail eggs. <laughs> um, apparently, Rebecca says he's been a bit of a camp joker. <laughs> The Joker like of him. the camp, not a camp joke. Oh, I thought you meant like he's been the, the person set, threatening to set fires to things and blow them up. No, um, he, he apparently he's not been on much, but maybe that's that's the way you get through to the final, isn't it? Just keep by keep, keeping your head down. Um, he had to do all the chores one day after a coin toss. Um, he got a letter home from Emma, his partner, and his sons. His his Instagram was, seems to just be full of pictures of his his three boys watching him on the telly, which is quite cute. Um, and he spent one day in bed sick all day, but then he went to the pub. Why is there a pub there? This is a castle, isn't it? Why is it? Anyway, I don't know. He had pizza and chips and pork scratchings. Sounds nice to me. And then he had some karaoke where he sang hotel california and i apologize to anybody who has actually watched i'm a celebrity for my or who was saving it up for my terrible summary oh, I but, don't um, watch it. I that's apparently what happened but uh, we haven't watched a single second of I it i have a real yeah. issue with the combination of pizza and chips pizza and chips what's wrong with that that's nice party food 
Well, it's better that they eat that than, than grasshoppers and, and grubs and things, isn't it? It was probably a pizza covered in fish eyes. <laughs> anyway, good luck, Simon. I've got no it's idea when this four. ends. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's going to end next week. Good luck. We're behind you, even if we're not watching you. And uh, these people don't need good luck because they have actually won something. We go on to we are in awards season, and it is the I Talk Telly Awards with this week. What's um, it, it, it's a thing. I don't know. Whenever at this time of year the I Talk Telly Award comes on, it's like I've got no idea what I Talk Telly is. At least I've heard of like you know inside. Is it a rival and... podcast? No, no, it's not. I don't know what it is. It's just maybe people who get money to. It's a TV blog. TV by Elliot Gonzalez. Oh, there we go. Well, um, Corrie has swept the soap board at their award show this year because not only has Coronation Street won Best Soap... They've actually made the actual... They've got actual awards. Oh, well, that's one step ahead of us. I know, I know. We do have our 10th Conversation Street Awards coming up soon and um, I'm not doing anything special for that. Never mind. So um, we've got Vinter Morgan, who plays Uncle Ronnie. He's got Best Soap Newcomer. Um, Best um, Soap Part partnership ben price and jane danson nice i do think that um curry have done a lot to invest in the nick and leanne partnership haven't they i think as a curry couple i kind of feel them as a couple do you yes um they, they feel like they kind of we've, we've seen lots of scenes of them being coupley together and they're not just splitting up all the time but um this is good best soap performance Gemma. jude riordan not like you know oh. best newcomer not best How young exciting. actor or anything literally the best performer in the whole of soap was judged to be jude so i'm sure um he is absolutely chuffed to bits with that and um his his mantelpiece will be positively groaning at this point but um congratulations to all those winners Keep it up. Corrie is doing a jolly good job in all the awards at the moment. So um, long may that continue. Finally, um, before we get into our bumper feedback section, if you like beer, then maybe you could win a competition to see the Robinson's Brewery because there's there's a coronation. The, the, these are the people that have made the R-Rail stuff um, that we talked about recently on the podcast. And um, it's I launched it now. You can like buy a it in the shop. Edition thing, but it doesn't. It seems. I don't know. I got no idea. But um, if you go to your co-op, you might find some. So we're going to have a little look for some. But um, yeah, you can win um, a trip to go to the Robinson's Brewery. Um, I have got no interest in that whatsoever. Nobody it's probably the first ever Coronation Street themed competition that I don't want to win. Well, you're rubbish. But um, if you if you go along to the Coronation Street blog, go along to CoronationStreetUpdates.blogspot.com, scroll down a bit, you'll see all the details there. Um, you need to enter by the 14th though. So if you're listening to this on the date of publication, you've got a couple of days to get in there and then get to the Robertson's Brewery Tour competition page. Good luck anybody who wants to enter. Gemma, that's all the I news this week. I thought Robinsons was like the people that did Robinsons special art. And, well, yeah, squash. But no, they're a brewery. It's a bit weird that you got Robinsons the brewery and Robinsons the squash maker. I, they... I think we said this when they had the RL was was announced. Oh, you can run a pub. Hmm? If you go to their website, robinsonsbrewery.com, you can run a pub. Oh, I don't want to. Thank you. I want oh. to do some feedback. So let's do it. Okay, I think I think we have uh, we've nearly reached the end of our five hundredth episode, Gem. Have you enjoyed this? <laughs> been a fun one. It's been good. Well, I say I say we've really nearly reached the end, but actually, we could come on forever because, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, there's there's quite a bit of feedback we've had this week. Thank you, everybody, so so much for all the lovely words that you have written. We have read it's it so all. Sweet. We've listened to it all. It's very very sweet. Aww. We- 
We're not going to read it all out today. We can't. We'll be here forever. We'll we're going to say some of it for next yeah. week. We will read out um, all our emails and things, but we will we'll do some of them bit now, by bit. some of them next week. And if anybody would also like to add any more to it in time for next week, then we maybe do a bumper one next week as well. But um, before we get onto that, of course, we need to look at our Facebook group and see what people scored last week's Corey. Oh, not so good. 2.84 was the average for last week. That feels like, like whenever it tips into the twos, it's like, oh, that didn't go down so well. No, to be fair, there were some, a few particularly low scores. Um, I think, you know, if it hadn't been for them, then maybe it would have stayed above three possibly. If it hadn't but, been for uh, people voting it quite low, it would have been higher. Yeah, that's how it works. Judith, I, I don't think I put these any in, in any order. I liked all of these. Judith gave it three standard Petrarchan rhyming patterns in a Browning sonnet. <laughs> Karis gave it three cheeky pints while my baby is left at home. And Jonathan gave it <laughs> for three Tabithas breastfeeding their 10-year-olds. Oh, so thank you, everybody who voted. I always like to see what people are going to vote. Um, keep it up. You can go over to our Facebook group if you want to take part in that. And you can, it's always pinned up to the top so you can have your say about the week's current Street. Now, let's get cracking with some of this um, feedback for, you know, just how awesome the podcast is. And we are going <laughs> to start off with a flurry of voice messages from some voices that you might recognise. So um, here, here come a couple of voice messages for you. Happy 500th episode, Conversation Street. Congratulations, Michael and Gemma. Thank you for keeping me entertained as I travel between the South and the North. Keep up the good work. Here's to the next 500. Hi, Michael and Gemma, and of course, Abby. It's Georgia here. I just wanted to say congratulations on reaching your 500th episode of Conversation Street. What a fantastic achievement. And thank you for keeping me so entertained. Um, you know, I love listening to you guys when I'm driving up and down that blooming M6. Um, and I love it. You're You're so funny and you're... Your passion uh, for the show really comes across and it's like having two mates in the car with me, keeping me entertained on my journeys. Um, but yeah, what a brilliant achievement and um, just, you know, we're so grateful to have you as fans of the show and as friends. Uh, congratulations. Happy birthday. Hi, Michael and Gemma. <laughs> um, congratulations on reaching 500 episodes that's an insane achievement um massive congratulations you you both must be incredibly proud and incredibly tired <laughs> um I, I i just want to offer you know my thanks to you both for being well firstly such great mates over the last few years um and actually being my first um sort of port of call when I booked the job, however many years ago that was now. It was you guys that I uh, found when I was doing my sort of preliminary research on the show. And it, I, I, I used you guys as a resource. Um, I think I've told you this before. I'm hoping this isn't the first time I've told you this. Um, so that then it was it put me in great stead um clearly as i'm I'm still inexplicably there. They've somehow managed to they've seen the worth in keeping me on. Um, so thank you for that. I guess you put me in, um, uh, uh, you put my best foot forward. So thank you very much for that. Um, here's to the next 500. Lots of love guys and congratulations again. Hi, Michael and Gemma. 
Congratulations on 500 episodes of Conversation Street. Hooray! Um, I'll always remember uh, Georgia introducing me to the podcast during my second stint as Henry. Uh, and what a thrill it was hearing you guys talk about the character for the first time. And I've been, I've been hooked ever since. Um, you know, I think anybody that's been on Corey will tell you that the fans are really special. And, and uh, you two are just uh, an amazing example of that. And I'm also really lucky to be able to call you my friends, which is lovely. Uh, so, you know, keep up the good work. Um, I look forward to the next 500. And maybe one day you'll hit 10,000 like Corey. Who knows? Why not? <laughs> How lovely was that? Aren't we lucky? We didn't pay them or anything. Thank you, everybody. Oh, thank you, all four of you. That was very, very sweet Aww. of you. Sales, Georgia, Charlie and George. Lovely to hear from you. You know, Corey. it was very sweet. You didn't have to do that. Corey it was... stars. Yes. And friends. Yes. Oh, so sweet and lovely. Thank you, guys. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to George's voice again because it's been a long time since Henry's been on the street now. Hashtag bring back Henry. Hashtag bring back Henry, please. Um, but yes, I, I thought... <laughs> It's so nice. It's so, so, so nice. Thank you, guys. You know, we love you. Um, let's, should, should, we, should we read out some messages? We have got let's a few see. more voicemails later from, from some of our, from our other listeners. But um, do you want to, uh, do you want to read out? Do you want to hear what Nancy had to say? I would say. love to hear what Nancy had to say. you got to scroll down there. I've zoomed in really, <laughs> really quite far. Congratulations on 500 episodes. It must be a wonderful accomplishment. I bet you never thought you would do that money. I'm thinking of all the Coronation Street episodes you spoke about. All those wonderful characters, profiles and interviews. Enjoy your anniversary. I'm enjoying it very much. How many episodes of Coronation Street have we talked about over the years? Quite a lot. I'm sure that was a competition entry at some point um, recently. It always goes up. Too many to count. Not not half of them yet, though. We've still got, still got a way to go. Thank you, Nancy. Um, well, what did I say to you the other day? If you watched an episode of Coronation Street every oh, day... Yes. You said um, it'd take it you 29 take, years. Yeah, 28, 29, 29 years, years to watch them all. How long would it take you to listen to all the Conversation Streets? Maybe not quite uh, that long. Less time because you can fall asleep through <laughs> most of it. And you can put it on, on double time, can't you? Yeah, you can. Or you can put it on half time if you really want to eke it out. Louise has also written to us this week and says, congratulations on reaching 500 episodes. You both do such a great job and I hope you know how much your listeners appreciate the hard work that you put into it. I genuinely look forward to the episode coming out every Aww. weekend and it's a highlight of my week. None of my friends watch Corrie for some reason. (laughs) So listening to the two of you discuss the week's episodes is a delight. I hope you both have brilliant Christmases and manage to get some rest over the holiday. My New Year's resolution will be to write in with feedback more often. I always have thoughts after watching the week's Corrie and I wish I'd written in, but I feel like I've forgotten what's happened. Maybe I should take notes. Listen, (laughs) we take notes and sometimes we forget what happened. We're reading the notes and like, did that happen this week just a few days ago? I think you can tell when we're on the podcast the weeks that we're feeling particularly tired and uninspired by things. But um, hopefully this week wasn't one of them. We did our best. Um, when people write much, in Louise. and say, um, oh, you guys do such great work and you do, do so much work and you're such hard workers, you like get a bit resentful. No, I, I don't. Because, in because no, I don't because really... you always say it's always you, Michael. Well, it is. But it, it's, not, it's not all me. I am going to take a lot of the credit for it, but you do, <laughs> you do your bit as well. You, Thank you very much. You're my message. muse, Gemma. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> um, do I have to take my clothes off? If, if you fancy it as a podcast, nobody would <laughs> That's know. True. Just podcast like you like you're naked. <laughs> right, um, should we should we do another voice message? Let's do one. Let, let's do it. This is from Walford Weekly yeah. Podcast. Hello, guys. Yeah. Hello there, Michael and Gemma. I'm Rob. 
I'm Alex. And we're from Walford Weekly. And we would like to wish our colleagues at Conversation Street a very happy 500th episode. You know, Michael and Gemma, Alex, they taught me everything I know about presenting a podcast. Oh, dear. Not a lot then. Yeah. All their faults, so and yeah. blame them. <laughs> but guys, congratulations on your 500th episodes. Here is to the next 500. Hopefully, we'll be there in the shadows behind you. I'm, I'm looking forward to when we get to our 500. How long will that be? Years away, yeah. It's a very long time to go. I mean, their very first episode, Rob, because I've been doing a bit yeah. of fact-checking here, was August 19, oh, 2012. Yes. Do you even remember wow. what you were doing in, on August 19, 2012? I don't think I was born then. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just a twinkle in my mother's eye. You were 40. (laughs) Oh, lies. The lies. (laughs) All right, you were 50. Thank you. So from from me and Alex, we love you, Conversation Street. Yeah, we do. And may you have many, many more. Congratulations, Conversation Street. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Very, very nice. That was so funny. <laughs> it was nice to know that we can inspire another great podcast. Yep. And he's then does Everything podcast. you need to we... know about podcasting, you just have to listen to the last 500, no, 499 episodes of and this show. And then do exactly the opposite. Still it. <laughs> And you will get the perfect podcast. It's probably be about ten minutes long. Yeah, probably. That's about the, <laughs> the, the, all the, the useful the information we give you. Over the yeah, last the rest is just a load of blathering. So, um, but yes, guys. thank you very much, guys. Um, good luck with with your podcast. I'm sure you will reach 500 one day. So it's a, it's nice to know. That, I mean, there's other people. Uh, people write in and say, "Oh, it must be a hard work." But we we've got people like Wolf and Wiggly, you know, it really, really is. But. We do it for a reason. It's it's um we we we'd love doing it so much. If if we didn't love it, we'd stop. But yes, thank you, Wolford Weekly. You're awesome as well. And um, I really did enjoy that crossover we did a couple of weeks know, ago. Really so we'll uh, we'll have to do it again. And speaking of other podcasts, we've also got a message. We got a tweet earlier today from Talk of the Street, another yeah, Coronation another Street podcast. podcast. It's been going for a couple of years. And Over the seas. Yes, this is an overseas Coronation Street yeah. podcast. Um, and they say congratulations and good luck to Gemma and Michael ahead of their 500th episode of Conversation Street this weekend an incredible achievement by any measure thank you very much it's it's pretty incredible isn't it i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna lie yeah pretty incredible stuff thank (laughs) you very much guys good luck with yours as well um do you want to do fiona's message here Gemma? hope you're both well i thought i'd drop you an email to say congratulations on 500 episodes of the podcast i can't be brilliant so i will be brief Um, why not do the opposite of both (laughs) you have given me countless hours of enjoyment since I discovered it by accident almost four years ago you have accompanied me on trips across Scotland on night shifts on my trips around supermarkets and sometimes I've been to bed with you (laughs) you have made me laugh made me think and occasionally me rant (laughs) (laughs) oh dear and I'm really looking forward to you making me laugh making me think and occasionally making me rant for another 500 episodes and more I like like, well people getting mad at like especially me because I'm so opinionated I'm not I just sit on the fence about everything oh what's the point of that you get splinters up your ass go with the um Go with the flow of the general consensus, generally. <laughs> well, Apart scared. from, I, I, I still stand by the fact that I blooming loved that scene with Frida a couple of months ago. <laughs> I think I'm the only person. But yeah, I'm glad that we can make people rant as well, because um, if we didn't say anything interesting, then then you wouldn't be listening. So, uh. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. Did, did we know the story about Fiona accidentally listening to us four years ago? I, I feel that maybe she's told us this, but maybe not. How did that I, happen? I feel... How did do you, you like, accidentally listen to a in, podcast? Were you trying to listen to um, 
Are you trying to gr- listen to the Jeremy Clarkson yeah. um, Top Gear spin-off he's show? He's farming now. He doesn't, he's not interested. Mm. Anyway, um, it was a very happy accident. So thank you very much, Fiona, um, and for your for your tweets and messages and everything too. Um, Christina has messaged us to say congratulations on the greatest podcasters in the history of podcasts. Yep. <laughs> Gemma says, I was, I was going to be modest there, and so I wouldn't quite go that far. Oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, mean, we didn't get into the into the finals of the British Podcast Award like uh, like uh, Sofa Cinema Club just recently. But, well, you know, I'm not going to say not we're not up there. Are we? Treat yourselves to something wonderful, Christina says. Maybe some <laughs> spotted dick. Not even sure what that is, but it sounds special. Gemma. Spotted dick. It's a Our pudding. culinary expert here. It's a pudding made of, um, a spongy pudding made of it's suet, suet, and, suet raisins. and raisins. I would not want that because Sounds I don't nice. like dried fruit. But I like the custard it... that comes with it. <laughs> I won't have spot. It's, it's a bit of a school dinner pudding, that, isn't it's it? It's definitely a hilarious. We understand it sounds funny. Yeah. Um, um, Chris... I think, I honestly think, only I think it's only survived as a, as a concert because of the hilarious name. I know, because who'd want to eat are, it, really? No, shut so up. Many other nice there are lo- but the thing is, there are loads and loads of really nice puddings that no one's really heard of because they don't have funny names, like Sussex Pond Pudding, which is um, like a sponge with it inside is like a glorious pool of lemon. Like, because you, you bake a whole lemon in the middle. Mm. But what no, about Gypsy Tart? That's got a funny name. I don't think you're allowed to say Gypsy Tart. <laughs> I, I like that Traveller one. Tart. What's that one? You, your parents like um, Rini's Pudding or Rennie's Pudding? Is I don't it know that that is anything outside my family. Has anyone <laughs> else heard of this? This is like a special treat that my family make, usually for my dad's birthday. And it's, um, you get a trifle bowl and you fill it full of chopped fruit, like strawberries and lovely... Grapes. Fresh fruits, yeah. And then you put a layer of whipped cream and then you make a caramel with sugar and water until it's really, really burning hot and gloriously brown. And then you pour it very carefully because you don't want to break the glass over the the middle of the um, cream and it makes this beautiful crispy topping and the the syrup kind of kind of melts down into the cream to make a caramel cream. You should totally do a, a culinary podcast of some sort, Gemma. Oh, no, I'm hungry now. Or, or, or just be a TV chef. I think you'd be awesome. Anyway, look, trust what, me look what you've got us into, Christina. Fat. I was going to go, I was going to talk about the pudding that I had today, but I won't. Although you did, it did, you had a toffee. Yeah, but it was a sticky toffee pudding, but it had some surprise dates at the bottom. Oh, and it was sorry. It was quite datey. I don't like fruit in my puddings, I'm afraid. If, if it's if it's like a caramelly or a chocolatey thing, I just want to have the stodge. I don't need any of the, the sneaky health bits in there. But Thank to you. me, dates taste like nature's... Caramel. No, no, I could tell. Anyway, thank you, Christina. She says she's also excited for the next 500 fireside chats with us lovely people. Come on, do you think we're going to make a thousand? Do you think we're going to get... Yeah, because you won't let me... Honestly... <laughs> Don't say you won't let me start. The I mean, only way out of I'm it not holding you hostage with this, Gemma. It's is the same as our marriage. One of us has got to die. You would get the hankering. Or the show has to finish. You, would, you, you, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Don't blame me. Okay, um, it's time for another voicemail, everybody. And this is another very, very special one because this next voicemail yes, this comes from listener Rebecca. Rebecca! Who has been listening to us for a jolly long time. We've said so much, but now it's time for her to speak. We've been reading out her messages yeah. pretty much every week for the past, I don't know how many years, quite a few. And I think this was actually the first time we ever heard her voice. I think so. And um, so I was so, so, so chuffed so to get excited. this um, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um Let's pause our talking and see what Rebecca has got to say. 
Hi, Michael and Gemma. It's listening Rebecca here. Congratulations on 500 episodes of Conversation Street. It's a fantastic podcast and I look forward to listening to it every week. You two make a great team and deserve all the praise you get. Looking forward to listening to 500 more episodes in the near future. Bye. How lovely. How lovely was that? It was really, really nice. Thank you for that message. So lovely. That really, really made my week that did hearing you this week. Um, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that we're still able to keep you entertained after all these years. It's a good job that Coronation Street keeps coming up and you stuck for us to moan about. Yeah, I I know, I know. (laughs) We had. I don't think I've got this in my notes here actually, but uh, Joe Parkinson, yeah, storyliner, tweeted out to us early today and said, "Oh." Congratulations, whatever. And I said, yeah, as long as you keep writing it, we'll keep talking about it. Well, yeah. Mm. There's not really any other way around it. Although, we could do a 29-year-long day podcast a day. No. Watch an episode every... I think That's... not. You see, the thing is, I used to... I always, always thought, like... The depressing future is obviously at some point the sun will collapse and kill us all or Coronation Street's going to stop. Like, one of those two things will happen. Mm, mm. Um... And that means that there, there's like an ending here, but not if we do day by day Coronation Street an episode a day for 28 years, because I'm not planning to live that much longer than that. You're not. Uh, I, I could go further. It depends Let's not on... jinx it, shall we? We'd want to do a Hashim. Well, it depends on whether the robots take over, because I'm worried about <laughs> it. So cool. I don't think so. Oh, the so, Matrix is out. What in year a few would weeks. that be then? Yeah, 2021. The Matrix is coming out in like two weeks' time. I always wanted to live until at least 2066. I know. Because I want to... Right, come on. We've said this too Sorry. much. Sorry. Time to... to you can't witter if we're cutting Pat. people's feedback out this week. What has Pat got Are you going to do it? Do you want me to? I'll do this one from Pat. Pat says, congratulations on your 500th episode. But moreover, thank you for the hard work, good humour, love and occasion- occasional, occasional snark. snark. <laughs> we need to be snarkier, I think, that you put into making our favourite podcast. Through thick, thin and COVID, you've entertained us, kept us company and created a fan group that is the kindest, most Aww. supportive online community I've ever encountered. Yeah. Shouldn't say over there, That's... but I just added it in. Oh. That's down to you two. I've made genuine friends from the That's Facebook cool. group and I know we all basically consider you part of our our families too cheers to 500 that's a full d in roman numerals yes <laughs> I, I was just doing some roman numerals in class this week i know that wow <laughs> thanks pat i think i'm the i'm the main teacher at school that, that gets roman numerals i love them i have to think about it i love them i know you do you like to rub it my face in it yeah d for dodson that is Oh, we, already okay. had, we already had C nobody for Cops wants, four and episodes ago. Wants it. This is my episode. This is Gemma. We've got Richard. What's he got Thank to you, say? Pat. Thank you, Richard. Pat. Says congratulations on five hundred Conversation Street episodes and huge thanks to you both for everything you have done and continue to do in creating such an awesome community. I've been a devoted Coronation Street viewer all my life and I'm in my fifties. I can recall specific episodes and storylines from around nineteen seventy four to seventy five. I discovered your podcast five or six years ago and look forward to it as much as I do the TV episodes. I'm very much looking forward to the next 500 and thank you both again. Thank Lovely, you, Richard. Thank I you. hope for everybody who's writing down, I'm looking forward to the next 500, is going to check in with us on episode 1000. Episode to wish M us... in Roman numerals. <laughs> for <laughs> Michael. Us, wish us luck. 
for the next 500 because we're obviously doing this in batches of 500 <laughs> yeah exactly people have got to people have got to write to us next summer because we're hitting our 10th anniversary of the podcast in august and if uh, i don't know which one's more important i think it's probably that one so you've got to what, be even year? yeah well, i think everyone's got to be even more nicer nicer yeah, and let's praiseful dial it and... back a bit people i think you know save some things for next <laughs> we, we we had our fantastic Sudavani chat this week for our uh, for our 500th podcast but you know next when we do the 10th anniversary yeah. it's going to be in the summer we might have to be in manchester or something i don't know what we're going to do but um oh yeah that's going to be good i'm looking forward to that thank you year. richard thank you thank you very much and it is time for another voicemail again this time from lister stephanie hello michael Gemma, and abby it's crazy cat lady stephanie from canada i've got nothing to say about Corey this week because it's Tuesday and I haven't watched any episodes yet, but I wanted to send you a voice message to say happy 500th episode. Woohoo! Thank you both for the hard work you do and for sacrificing your Friday nights for us little peons. Thank you for entertaining us and keeping us laughing. And here's to the next 500. Love you guys. I love you too, <laughs> Stephanie. Thank you. Such Crazy cat lady, you. Message. I um, like to thank Stephanie for acknowledging the sacrifice that is made Friday nights. There's nothing else to do. It's nine and a right. half years. I'd like to thank Stephanie for mentioning Abby. She's just sitting. You probably heard <laughs> yeah, her she's, earlier. She's she, sitting in the hallway. Like, she came in like, and had a good old purr into I'm the microphone halfway through street talk. But, yeah, and then when, when we finished doing the news... Um, I stopped and I had a little play with her chucking a ball down the corridor and now she's tied out and just plonked out right outside. But she thanks you too. Um, so what's a peon? I want to it know. It means like a pleb, I guess. Oh. Or a plebe, as they might call it. Might they? Um, I... We've got plebs as our listeners. What? Uh, uh, you what? Oh, my brain's broken all of a sudden. Oh, so we were saying earlier, it's kind of funny, that um, Abby's obviously part of the podcasting team, Stephanie, mm. rightfully acknowledged. Um... But she wasn't even born when we started. That's quite funny. She isn't wasn't it? born. She wasn't born. I th- I think that we need to um we need to have a have a have a little bit of silence for our former podcast I member know. Safi. Um, didn't, gosh, didn't make it. She did not make it. Five hundredth episode. I know she was really looking forward to it. She was. She was. Um, <laughs> oh well. When did Safi die? Let's like just stop bumming everyone out. No, we need. It was to... at Christmas. It's it even was... worse. It was uh, it's about five years ago. Was I think. it? It was five years ago this Christmas that Safi died. Poor Saf. All right. Poor Saf. Let's raise the mood again with a message from Morgan. Brilliant to hear from Morgan, well, another well, long-time listener. No pressure, but you've got to follow the cat guy. <laughs> yeah, let's see if you let's see Morgan. We we do appreciate <laughs> you've got, you have got a good you've got good wit, Morgan. Let's see if you've got it in this message. Congratulations, the Conversation Street, on what has been an incredible five hundred episodes. My first episode was two hundred, almost six years ago. You've been part of my life for so long, and I'm proud of how our community has come together for five hundred episodes. So here's to another five hundred. Thank you very much, Morgan. Yeah, blimey. It's, it's been so funny with, with Morgan, hasn't it? Because he's he's uh, university now, of course. But when I he, know. When he first started listening, he was just a little boy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like the idea that some of these... I mean, we must have other listeners that have grown up. Surely. Some, some com- convi- convi- babies. babies. Yeah, definitely. It's Because it's been nine and a half years. It's a jolly long time. It really is. Thank you very much, Morgan. It's lovely to hear from you again. And uh, Gemma, we've got one from John here that I'm sure you would like to read out. John says, your fun, commitment, honesty and creativity have been so great to witness and it's been a joy to have you in my life. 
consistently fueling my Corey love and appreciation. I may only have been a listener for 18 months. I may have crammed eight and a half years of conversation streams in two can't months you did that. last summer. Oh, but I feel I've known you my entire life and your friendship and shared love for Corey is so adored. Through ups and downs, both personally and whether I feel related, your companionship has been a source of healing and is now par for the course. Where not an episode goes by where I don't think, I wonder what Michael and Gemma think of that. <laughs> it's been great to communicate with you both so openly. I've loved every one of the 500 episodes. I've not always agreed on plot story or character opinions. But as I've said to you, I like to think of it as our own personal script conference. Thank you both so much. It's been an absolute blast. You're deserving of the very highest praise. And here's to the next 500 editions. Thank you very much. That's very nice oh, Thanks, of you. John. That's so sweet. Everyone's so nice. You know, it feels like Christmas and my birthday <laughs> together, don't you think? It's like, oh, what's it's, the next so message nice going to say? Nice. I, I like the idea because over the years people have said um, that they wonder oh I wonder what Michael and Gemma would think of that or oh I bet bet Michael and Gemma are going to love that or I bet Michael and Gemma are going to hate that and it's it's still weird even now to think it's that like people are thinking yeah, thinking of what our reactions are going to be I wonder how often what they're weird, wrong as well what weird like, when do you... opinion is Gemma going to have of this how is she going to twist this <laughs> everybody twist loves this character so Gemma's obviously going to hate oh, well them. I think what a lot of people are overlooking her is more <laughs> thank you John that was so so nice of you um, we have got another voicemail coming up I think this is our last one now actually this is going to be from Les Gemma and Michael it's listener Les from Los Angeles, and I'm just calling to congratulate you for 500 fabulous episodes of my favorite podcast, Conversation Street. I've called in a few times and left a few messages, and I just really love your podcast. And it brings me, there's nothing that I love more than waking up on a Saturday morning which is when it comes out here in Los Angeles, to your podcast. Your podcast got me through a marathon. Uh, your podcast has cheered me up several times. And I, I just wish you guys great success and 500 more wonderful episodes. By the way, because of you, I actually uh, fell into a Julie Goodyear rabbit hole on YouTube the other day. You know, I've only been watching a few years. I've started watching because, you know, my husband is from the UK. But I just bet Lynch is was just such an incredible character. And I like that you guys touch on the history of characters that, you know, as a new viewer, I don't know about. But that Julie Goodyear scandal sounded very juicy back in the day. <laughs> oh, and then one more thing before I go. My prediction, I was noticing that Stu, even though he's a little homeless and grungy looking, looks like he cleans up pretty well. So my prediction is... Stu's going to get a job on the street, he's going to clean up really well, and he's going to end up romancing one of the older women on the street. And after last week, I'm thinking it's going to be Yasmeen. Anyway, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And here's to 500 more successful episodes. Bye. 
It's LA Les. Yeah, thank you very much for thank your message you. and prediction. Yeah, sneaking a bit of a prediction here and... into the into the Michael and Gemma praise fest. Talking about Coronation Street. No, this is about Conversation Street. Uh, thank you very much, Les. That was lovely. Um, I also would like to start a band called the Julie Goodyear Rabbit Hole. <laughs> 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 that sounds like great fun. Julie Goodyear is fabulous. Oh, yeah, definitely. Lynch. And very juicy. She is. She has got a juicy past indeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, that's very very nice to hear all of those lovely things about the podcast um what should we should we do should we read some more we've got we've got a few more here and i think we'll, uh, we'll call this it this is a day. like at christmas where you're like what is there more presents there are there is there's, there is more to come like this one from sophie who says congratulations michael and Gemma, on making 500 episodes of conversation street i look forward to listening to your thoughts and opinions on curry every saturday morning you always make me laugh especially with the puns you come up with yes that one's at me Gemma. that is totally at me yeah you're taking credit i'm taking credit for that that work i'll say well that's both of us puns that's me i really appreciate all the hard work that goes into your podcast congratulations i hope you have tons of fun celebrating this weekend she actually has said lots of fun i don't know why i said tons there are we celebrating this weekend we're gonna go out for dinner we're going tomorrow, out for dinner we? yeah, yeah we're gonna go out for we're dinner. gonna mostly spend tomorrow we got Venting. a plan. We got our storage locker, haven't we? Yep. We've we've had two storage we've... lockers with stuff from the old house in. It's costing us a load of money each month, and we are gonna get an we've spent empty hun- one, like hundreds now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get an empty it tomorrow, and then it'll be all done, and we'll shove it in the attic, shove it in the basement, and then we'll and sort it out. Fall over it and go. What's this? And then have a nice meal out to celebrate the podcast yes! afterwards. I think would be lovely. I think we are going to toast to five hundred more episodes. And 28 years of an episode a day. Okay, okay, fine. Next, <laughs> next, come on, let's go. Robin let's says, go, I go. hope I'm not too late to say a huge congratulations no. on hitting the monumental 500 mark. I started listening around the 280 to 300 episode point and I was hooked by your charm, the chemistry between you and the passion that you hold for the programme. I'm so pleased the podcast is becoming more and more successful and you both deserve every bit of it. I love the interviews with the cast and production teams as well as your takes on Street Talk each week. Super congratulations. Yeah, before. Super congratulations oh, again. Oh. And here's to the next 500. Right. Thank you, Robin. It's really nice. It's funny as well when people are saying, oh, passion for the programme. Obviously we do, but I know we we have a bit of a moan and a we, feeling very we apathetic care, some weeks as if well. If we didn't care about it, we wouldn't say anything. I know. I think it's just sometimes you can tell in the street talk, like if we're just reading out this happened and this happened, you can tell that um, that hasn't quite gripped us this week. But on the whole, I would say we quite like it. Yes, we do. Well, I, I keep. You, I told you, I keep having par- like literally nightmares, like paranoid nightmares about people who work for the show, like talk- <laughs> confronting me and saying. Like, we hate you. This has just started keep... recently, hasn't it? Yeah, you said you had. Who was it in your nightmare? Or do you not want to reveal the identity of your. Okay, right. This is, it. This is, the, this is the treat for people that have listened this far. Um, I had a nightmare that I went into the car park of Media City and Colson Smith was there. And I was like, Colson, oh, wow, it's so cool to see you. How are you? And he went, Go away. Nobody likes you. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He said, we're all sick and tired of you. We all hate you. No one's going to tell you this, but we're sick and tired of listening to you, moaning about everything all the time and slagging us off. So go oh, away. Colson Smith. Exactly. Exactly. And He's I was lovely. crying and I was going, why, Colson? Why? <laughs> I'm really sorry. We think you're great. And he was like, I don't care. Go away. I think I And think I woke up and Colson I was Smith so sad. To, to send us a nice I was honestly, I'm, it's making me cry. <laughs> We need we need Colson Smith now, please, to um, send a voicemail in so that when Gemma's asleep, I can subliminally play it to her, and then she can have a nice dream oh, about you. He said that I was an idiot, and I stopped dreaming about him because it's weird. 
<laughs> That's very funny. It is a bit weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, it's uh, just general. Like, I've got weird anxiety at the moment. You know that. I I, uh, I could read more. I've only got one more here. But do you want to do any more? Or do you want to save the rest for next week? Because we've got a few longer. You said you've ones. only got one more. No, we've got this one more. Then we've got a load more. We'll do the one more, and then we'll do the load more. Next, Next week. week. Okay, right. We are going to finish off today then with a message from Susan. And um, and, and she said, we got, I think we might have to do a bit of singing here, Gemma. She oh, said, gosh. congratulations, <laughs> you two. <laughs> you didn't tell me there was I know. Well, singing, I, thought, this, I left this one to last. I've ordered these very Are you going to make me sing Because you know I can't sing. She, she says, please read below in the dulcet tones of the proclaimers. You have I nailed the art that. of podcasting. Cheers, Dul- Susan from New Zealand. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> This is great. I can't. I do don't this. think I can really do this with Kayla's yes, voice. Can. It's just the Adam Barlow voice. Yeah. <sighs> do you know what the song goes? Like? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Susan says. When I wake, we'll know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the guy who listens to you. When I stay in, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the guy who stays in with you. And if I laugh. Hey, I know I'm going to be the guy having a laugh with you. So I would hear 500 times and I would hear 500 more just to be the guy who listens a thousand times a great podcast of your law. And so on. Etc. Thank you. That was quite fun. I like that. Nice to end the podcast with a bit of a sing song. I hope Which the proclaimers are listening. <laughs> Although, if they are, send that in, but you sing it. Yes, I think that'd be good. <sighs> are you going to have a nice sleep now? Tonight? Yes. Dreaming of all the happy thoughts that I'm, people have I am leaving. I'm finishing tonight in a very happy mood. Thank it's you, everybody. That was so nice. <sighs> yeah, and there's more to come. I feel next. a bit emotional because <laughs> it doesn't feel like we did anything special. We just talked. <laughs> I know. I don't think I'd do it. Do anything. I talk some words and I say some things. It's really nice that people are so happy. Aren't yes. you guys lovely? It is very nice. That, and um, if we can make bring everybody happy, that's what's what else is there better to do in life? That's why I say. Yes. Apart from eating cake, mm. but I don't even like cake. Um, I, I feel that maybe <laughs> we potatoes. we don't need to say all of this, but as it's a podcast tradition, we will finish the show today by um by saying where you can get by in touch with us. By reminding you that you can exit the vehicle at the front. On the wings. There's no escape from this, Gemma. These these people are on board for life now. You can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com like these fine people packet. before have. You can go to conversationstreet.podbean.com. We will not be serving drinks shut on this Shut up, night. shut up. Um, you can leave us an iTunes review. We did get an iTunes review this week. But we, all... <laughs> we did. And it was four it's out of five because it's too long. Wow, well, this, this doesn't re- 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 uh, rectify <laughs> no, we appreciate that it. Problem, We'll read that we? out next week. We're on Instagram. <laughs> if you haven't reviewed us. We're on yes, yes. If you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, there's probably other places. We're just Apple people. Is that can you review us on like Google? I don't know how else. I, I don't, don't know I where don't know to look. Anywhere. Probably going to go how. on to like one of the other podcast apps and find like hundred one star reviews. Maybe. Don't tell us. Um, no, we don't want to know. We are on Twitter. We, we are our Twitter. We, we just had a few people following us on Twitter while we were recording, yes. time, which has been nice. Thank you. We're going to get ten thousand. I don't think we're going to get ten thousand ever on Twitter. One thousand episodes. No, who we will. Once we get to ten thousand, that's when they stop. That's when it becomes stop. a K. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's when that's when the establishment will have to take us seriously. Yeah, and we're going to. Get our blue tick. I want my MBE. Oh yeah, I just want a blue tick. <laughs> well, if you get a blue tick, you probably get an MBA. 
MBA. <laughs> You're already the grand dame of whatever. I want an honorary doctorate. Can we have an honorary doctorate from somewhere? Um, can I have an honorary doctorate in like television studies? Or no. Something? Why? I mean, we probably should actually. Can the can University of Salford sort of that for us? We've watched at least. We've watched how many episodes of Coronation Street now? A million. At least, at least I'd say. Um, we're also on Spotify. This was interesting. Do you reckon we've probably what? watched for at least 5,000 episodes of Coronation Street? Yes. Easily? Yes. Well, then Very where's easily. my doctorate? <laughs> if we doctorate. got one, then we got... I know that we've got people that listen to this that are watch a lot more no, Coronation no, 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 Street no, no, no. than no, us. No, 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 no. You've got to listen and you've got to watch at least... 5,000 episodes, mm. but then you have to talk about them for 500 episodes of a podcast. Okay, very specific criteria or there. More. And be called Gemma and Michael. No, I don't mind. Other people can do it. Right, I was going to say about Spotify, this is quite interesting. Apparently, this is where all the kids are watching and <laughs> uh, listening to podcasts these days. See, I don't use Spotify ever because I'm old and crumbly, but I had a look um, the other day just to see um, what the stats were. And it was quite surprising that actually more than just a small handful of people listen to us over there. So, hello to all the Spotify listeners. Is there any way you can review us on Spotify? I don't, I don't, know I don't about think these so. Things. And I think that's why all the big podcast people like it. And also, mm. excuse me, Spotify, we're getting you advertising money and everything. Where's our millions that you give Joe Rogan? I we don't could have need given that. Us I just need lovely praise like once every 500, 500 episodes. Or something. How about a pound for every episode? <laughs> it's quite interesting. I, think we could, I could see all the stats. I could see yeah, where people many... were listening from. I could see our little follower count going up over yeah. the past year and a half that we've been on Spotify. That's right. We could see that there were more ladies than men that listen to us on Spotify. What's up, my ladies? We could see, we could see the age groups, and there's hardly anyone in our age you, group you, that you, listens you, to you, us, which is funny. Um, no one else, no one's listening to this. So that was quite good. Hello, Spotify. Um, oh, excuse me for That's the book. disgusting. <laughs> um, this is what you We're, on, <laughs> we're on Facebook, on. where there is a lovely Facebook stop? community there. Oh, no, yeah. Our Facebook fans, well, not our fans, our Facebook group, I mean. Yes. Oh, I love you guys. You're so great. I'm sorry I don't reply to every message on No, you there. reply to a lot more than I me. Try, I'm very bad. But the thing is, I try not very, to very get, because uh, it's more fun for everyone else to... It's like the teacher going, hey, hey, kids. <laughs> what, what, are are ta- what are you talking about? Hey. <laughs> um, we're on YouTube. This week we re-uploaded the character profile of Blanche because um, we think Blanche is awesome and she's thoroughly deserved to be there for our 500th episode. We, we even recorded a little bit of new material for that, didn't we? So check it out. That's the thing. If you listen, you even if you listen to every single 500 plus episode of Conversation Street and you don't go to the YouTube uploads, you, you're missing like minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minutes of extra content. Well, and also there's also extra content on our Patreon, isn't there? which is our last little plug that we want to give if you really like us as much as you say you do then maybe you <laughs> no, want to sign up you're such a dick. <laughs> don't forget this month if you join up you will help us to um, raise money to give to the Sophie Lancaster Foundation um, to help um, stamp out hate crime and um, that is also uh, the the charity that Coronation Street worked with for the Seb and Nina story but what did they get for it? What does what get? What oh, he... it, you... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Work with me here, Gemma. This is our little if plug. If you sign up for our Patreon, if and you, it's $5 a month or more, what tier is that? Bistro. Bistro. You get a free episode every month of us giving our top five whatevers to do with Coronation Street. And there are already like over 25 episodes for free up there. As soon as you, as soon as you join, you get access to all the back catalogue of our great stuff. And if you're a Patreon member of the Rovers tier mm. for more than six months, you get a free gift. It's not really free. 
because you guess you paid for it. But um, last, the first year it was a mug, this year it's a t-shirt, next year we bloody don't know what the hell we're going to do, and it worries me all the time. What should we do? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But that is what you get. It is, it is. So um, the last, the last, what was the last Patreon we did? Top five. It was only a few weeks ago. <laughs> uh, characters I'm... that we want to come back who've left since oh, the podcast yes. started. Yes, we did, didn't who we? Who could be the number one? Oh, it I might wonder. surprise you. Why That's my wonder who it could be. <laughs> um, and this month, as we have done the last couple of Decembers, we'll be talking about our top five scenes of the year. Yes. So if right. you, you could you could listen to the whole year's worth of episodes or you could just sign up to Patreon. Yeah. Or because just honestly, don't. No, don't. Don't worry about it if you don't want to. You don't to. have to, really. No, you really don't. Thank you, everybody. We love you. We love Thank you. Thank you for everybody so who listens and everybody who has sent us in emails this week. Really sorry we haven't listened. To, we haven't read them all. We're going to save for them. our voice messages. If anyone else would like to send in a voice yeah. message, I do love Please hearing your do. lovely voices from all over the world. Like I know. All the different Everyone's accents. Everyone's got such a nice voice. I'm glad that they haven't thought of doing a podcast. I know. I know. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you very much also to Sue Devaney. I'm sorry we didn't mention yeah. you very much in the episode today, Sue, but I had an absolutely so brilliant amazing. time She's chatting great, with her last she? week. Also, she that's such YouTube. A lovely, lovely lady. It is on YouTube. You watch can go it. and watch it. Mm-hmm. You can go and see what her lounge looks like and everything. Or something. You or know, somewhere. I think it was her lounge. It looked like it. There was stairs in the background. Uh, and you get to see a, hit a horrible wallpaper. You get to see a lovely wallpaper. And you can write in and, and tell yeah, us whether you bedroom. like it or not. I quite like her wallpaper. Gemma doesn't like it. I hate it. But that's there. Sue was brilliant. She was a lot of fun. Um, I, I I sent her a message this week to say it's published and she said oh brilliant she's really nice she's, she's such so nice very very nice and I love Debbie and she was in it this week I want to go back up to Manchester again and see some of these people I want well, to go can't. and see them in the flesh and because say hello it's me Omicron can't go up because of the Omicron but flipping out we're going to go up next year because we have not this Unless... is the first year for a very long time we haven't been up to Manchester I'm owed another Manchester trip and there's going to be a new tourist visitor's centre thing opening in Coronation Street hopefully soon and I hope that Covid doesn't delay it get your boosters everybody um, that's political if you want to but you probably should we are not we giving out medical yet. advice we just give out life advice we tried to we tried to book our boosters and we can't <sighs> even get it until like January can we I just want to carry on episode. I don't want to ever, ever end this. End. So maybe we, could we have, just we, we could have listened to some out some more feedback. You know, we should have done another few um, verses of the proclaimers. Well, if anyone wants to write any more lyrics, no, I can't do Gemma another song. Will happily perform a solo. <laughs> I don't sing. I can't. I love singing, but I can't do it. And I think it's probably good that I can't because if I did, I would never. I'd be one of these annoying people that thinks people want to listen to you sing. <gasps> when we were at church yesterday doing our Christmas performance no. at school, I had my microphone and I. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was sing. I was singing in the microphone. It was great. I felt a bit of a show off. Would you? Were you like the teacher at the end of Love? Love actually. Which one? You know when they're still doing the um, All Out for Christmas is You and all the teachers join yeah. in in the choir? Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it on stage. I was just standing at the back and saying, No children, it's once in royal David's And I was like, echoing all over the church. It was great. Okay. Ego I think the time has come to press the stop on the record button. Goodbye. To go to bed, to edit it. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. The music. Ta- bye. For this episode. Came. From. Podcast. Themes. Dot. Together. Come. Come.